At $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power. Super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're king! Only for Super NES. Listening to the SNES podcast with your host, Soul Blazer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of the Super NES podcast, episode number two hundred. Uh, this is Greg, one year regular host, joined by uh, joined by always by my other host, Joe. Hello. And once again, we're doing a draft episode, a similar format to how we did things with our one hundredth anniversary uh, special. Um, well, four years ago now at this point. Damn, time for it like it's flown by. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Joe was not – Joe was the listener at that point, was not here for that episode. So this is going to be a first time for him taking part in this. Um, and we also – and we're also honored here to have three special guest hosts with us. Uh, some people who have been on the podcast before, some people who have not. Uh, we will introduce them in just a moment. Uh, quick reminder for anybody who may be new to the podcast or needs a reminder how this draft episode format is going to work. Uh, we've all prepared a list of games that we personally like for the system. It doesn't need to be like the best, the best or the, the best or the greatest games. Just simply, uh, you know, just simply list of games that we really enjoy for the system that we've, that, you know, that we could defend, um, or, you know, and or have in our own personal collection. So I have determined a random order for us to go in. We'll take turns picking a game. Once a game is taken, it's off the list, kind of like, you know, uh, a team drafting a, a sports player. Um, and we'll just uh, have some fun with this and see how it goes. And the people who are here with us this time have not taken part in the past draft episode. I'm the only one here who, here who's taking part in um, who's taking part in draft episode. Therefore, I have therefore I have eight games that I cannot pick because I picked them previously in a, uh, previously in, uh, like the hundredth episode. So I won't say what games those are right now. So it's not to influence any influence anybody um, because those games are eligible to pick picked by somebody else. I just can't use them uh, myself. So um, anyway, so uh, why don't we get off? Started here the introductions with the one person who has been with us before in the podcast. Uh, please welcome back to the podcast, uh, Ollie uh, from Ireland, who has been with us for three episodes at this point now. I think Ollie, it's like it's been a yeah. few. It's been- it, it feels like it's been fifty. Um, <laughs> uh, Greg, I have, I have a quick question, and, and I suppose Joe as well, since you're also on the podcast. Although I, I've been reliably informed, you do less work. Um, <laughs> We're just picking games that we enjoy, yes. and we're not picking games where we're going to put the main characters into a battle royale style fight. No, off. no. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to move on to my second list because just got to say that's, that's a much better idea. That's not a bad idea, actually. Once you got, you know, battle royale podcast could be fun to do in the future too. But that's actually a pretty good idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yes, uh, yes. So, Ollie, great to have you here again. Uh, for people who may be new to the podcast, do you want to just uh, just quickly introduce yourself to um, you talk about some of your you know, you know some of your gaming hobbies and how you and and, and real briefly history history of the Super NES and um, you know and and how you got exposed to it. Yeah, so I'm in my forties. I'm from Ireland. I have a PhD in physics, and for some reason that means that I like doing podcasts and talking about stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> I 
teach in an Irish college, which is also a fantastic experience because I get to hang around with young people all the time and then pretend that I'm young. But at the same time, I then drop like tons of references to stuff from the 90s when none of them were born. So it just kind of reminds you that you're an old, old man these days. Um, uh, I never had a SNES growing up. We were a Mega Drive household, like most European uh, people and most Irish people, definitely. The um, the Mega Drive uh, stroke Genesis or whatever you guys wanted to call it, uh, absolutely dominated the market in the 90s before the PlayStation came along and you know, showed everybody what a console was actually supposed to be like. And uh, yeah, so I didn't start playing SNES games until the mid-2000s, I think, when I when I started having a little bit of extra cash and I started doing a little bit of collecting for myself. And I still have my first SNES that I ever bought and the games that I have with it. And that's what I'm going to be listing out today, the games that I really enjoy playing. Sounds cool. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh our next two guest hosts are our people who are new to the podcast. Um, so why don't we start off with Nicholas. Uh, just introduce yourself, Nicholas, and just uh, say the same things basically that I always said, please. Hello, my name is Nicholas. Um, you might know me in some other places as Moon. Um, I, you, know, I, you know, I grew up in the 90s, played a lot of uh, Super Nintendo. It was one of my first consoles as a hand-me-down. Um, uh, you know, only only had a handful of games for it, so most of the games I did play were, you know, when I was older and committing greatly illegal acts with <laughs> emulators, but, you know, like, I played a lot of Yoshi's Island, especially as a kid, so, you know, things like that. All right, awesome, sounds good. And finally, last but not least, uh, Ashley, uh, go ahead, please. Hello, hello, uh, I'm Ashley Thomas, uh, known on the interwebs as the nerdy blogger. Uh, I, I've got to tell you, Greg, I am probably the person on the uh, podcast that has the least amount of experience with the SNES. Uh, growing up, the systems that I had in my house were a Game Boy, and I had a Magnavox Odyssey 2. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what it was, but my parents were like kind of averse to getting me systems that... And I'm also probably a little younger than you guys, I think. Uh, but my parents were averse to getting me systems that connected to the TV, largely, I guess, because the only TV they would have connected to would be the one in the living room, and that one was monopolized by my father. But <laughs> um, I did have friends, and uh, one of my cousins had a uh, SNES, and so that's where I got my playtime in. And a lot of the games that I did get some familiarity with that were on the SNES also had Game Boy ports. So that that's going to be the, you know, slightly different experience, but still made me enjoy the games. And then, you know, when they ca the Super Game Boy came out, I was like, whoa, that is like the coolest thing on the planet. Whoa. <laughs> um, just kind of lost my mind about that, even though I again, I ne I've never owned an SNES. So, um, anyway, so I, I think I'm going to have my uh, my knowledge is going to be a little limited uh, but uh, i'm going to have fun explaining why i chose these games that may or may not be any good <laughs> sounds good like no problem at all of that you know we're all coming at this from like different perspectives and with perspectives and ideas and whatnot and that's kind of what makes it great um and i and yeah i definitely had friends in the same boat that you were that, that you were also actually growing up i um you know i knew one family who they were afraid to let it. They were afraid to to, to let him hook us hook us NES up to the brand TV step because I thought I might damage it. So yeah, yeah. There definitely was that kind of perception uh, perception back then. So, um, like for sure. So, all right, awesome. Uh, appreciate it. Um, before we get going here, uh, I also came up with like a brief 
um, kind of the kind of the uh, uh, intro slash icebreaker uh, trivia question for all of you. Uh, people who listened to this podcast previously may remember. Um, I may remember that we that, we, that we, may remember that we had a contest trivia question for our hundredth episode. Uh, so I came up with another question here for this one. If um, uh, so, like so I'm going to ask each of you in turn this question. If anybody, so if anybody would like to, be able to get a correct. The correct, um, I have a prize I'll give to you, uh, which I'll uh, um, uh, later on after the podcast is done, and one one person like win the prize. So um, here's so here's the, so here's the, here's the trivia question like for all of you. Um, there, like so, there were a lot of games packed in Super NES during its during its lifetime, whether it's like Jap- Japan, U.S. or European markets. Um, the, which game which sold 5.15 million copies? Was the most popular Super NES game in terms of in terms terms copies sold? That was never available as a pack-in with the system. Therefore, we had to buy it separately by itself. So, uh, Joe's Joe's my co-host. Like you get my first crack at this. I'm gonna go with Street Fighter Two. That was that was available as a pack-in. Oh well, <laughs> strike strike oh. out for me. <laughs> All right, Ollie, your turn. Uh, have a guess. And it, right, so it's a game that wasn't a pack-in. The most popular Super NES game ever sold, but was never a pack-in, correct? Um, I'm going to go with Donkey Kong Country. That was also a pack-in. Yep. Donkey Kong Country 2. <laughs> I, I, can't, I have two guesses, I'm afraid. Sorry. So, uh, Nicholas, you're up. Oh, well, I'm, well, that was going to be my guess, so... Goodness, I don't know. Um, uh, gotta make a blind guess and hope it's right. Chrono Trigger? Uh, not a bad guess. Chrono Trigger was like was very popular in sales, but in sales, but not. I mean, we're not quite the most popular game, unfortunately. So sorry. And it wasn't a packing, right? It was never a packing. Yes, Nintendo only packed 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 in their own published games. Uh, I, I, actually, I, actually, I'm sorry. Street Fighter Two was packed in, so I don't know how that works. Anyway, but no, it, it was never a packing. So. <laughs> It is kind of weird because it's kind of weird. Most pack-ins were Nintendo games, but not all of them were. So um, that, that that's a weird thing to think about these days. But anyway, uh, Ashley, uh, last but not least, like, what's your guess? Ooh, uh, the Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. That was also a pack-in. Oh dang it! <laughs> okay. Um, always like you trust your instincts. Uh, Donkey Kong Country Two was the answer. Oh, was it? Oh yes. man! <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> that wasn't an instinct. That was me just trying to get two guesses. <laughs> well, since you actually came up with the answer kind of technically correctly, I will give you the prize. So, oh sweet. Um, but but anyway, yeah. Thank you very much for everybody for taking part in that. Okay, the order uh, determined randomly by random.org. This is the order we're going to be doing our picks in from uh, for the rounds, and this is not uh, um, the order is not changing. Uh, first up is going to be Joe. Uh, then we're going to have Ollie, Nicholas, Ashley, and I go last, which almost seems like very appropriate somehow. But uh, <laughs> all right, so round one, let's get going. Uh, Joe, what's your first pick? All right, I guess my first pick is going to be an obvious one and one that's going to be probably crossed off most people's lists, but uh, Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously yep. <laughs> it's, it's the generic point. It's, it's the popular game. It's the pack in that, you know, sold quite a bit. Um, the runner up for me would have been like Super Mario all-stars. Um, but 
Yeah, Super Mario World, this is the game that, like, whenever... I didn't own a Super Nintendo growing up, so... And we've talked about that on the podcast extensively. Um, so this is, like, one of those, like... Oh, God. Anytime we went to, on a weekend to Sears, um, you go up to the electronics section, and they'd have the Nintendo kiosk set up. And always Super Mario World was playing. And uh, it was one of those, like, you either wait your turn... And you get to play, or you get lucky, and you walk up, and that kiosk is uh, free, and you're just able to jump right in. And that's how I experienced that game for the longest time. And uh, now, late years later, you know, obviously, I, I've beaten the game and enjoyed it extensively. So, yeah, absolutely has to be my number one pick, even it, it, even if it is the popular decision. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, you know. Like Mario World is an excellent game. It, it um, uh, you know, uh, there's still there's still a long standing there's still a long standing debate and debate debate among people today whether like Mario Three or Mario World's better game. I still, you know, I've always given the nod to Mario World. Uh, just because I think it's like an like awesome game. Probably probably one of the best packing games available of uh, like available to the system. Uh, the only the only one that might be better, I think, would, would have been Tetris, like the Game Boy. Uh, because those two really just like a made hand, yeah. uh, a hand hand like for each other. But yeah, excellent, excellent game. And then like, later on, like, later on in the system's life, uh, Super Mario World also got Super Mario World also got combined with Super Mario All Stars on one game pack. Uh, also available as a pack in, which is like excellent value, like right there too. So only but, in uh, PAL regions though. So yeah, there's that. But the, yeah, uh, that best pack regions, in is Joe, fantastic. The best region. <laughs> um how do you guys like feel about super mario world like you enjoyed a lot also i liked it quite a bit uh it was actually my third mario game if you count yoshi's island which would have been my second Mm -hmm. i kind of went from super mario brothers one then yoshi's island then the super mario world so i went in maybe the weirdest machete order in existence (laughs) but i i I played the game a lot but i played a lot more of the gba port yes that's also a good version i actually I actually 100%ed that, you know, got all the coins, got all the exits, etc. It was, it was a, it's a, it's a, it was a pretty fun time. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Um, what about you, like Ollie? Um, I, I feel like I'm an outlier, in so much as I don't enjoy Mario games. Really? And okay. I don't enjoy the platforming in them. I don't enjoy. <laughs> the majority of uh, Mario related humor or what passes for humor in them and I just I just I've never been a Mario fan now that could be just coming to it late and I Joe picked this and said it was the obvious pick and it wouldn't have been in my top 10 it probably wouldn't have made my top 20 and that's not just me being different it's just I don't appreciate that value of part. Like it wouldn't be in the top ten platformer games on the system for mm. me. So, having That's said that, yep, yep, so. coming to it late and playing it, it's a masterclass in level design. It's just a type of level design and gameplay that I don't enjoy personally. Mm. Well, yeah, yep, yeah, I understand that totally. But you know, like Yoshi's likable though, right? <laughs> yeah, Yoshi's great. <laughs> That's why I'd have Super uh, I'd have Super Mario Island. Take that, Yoshi's Island. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, I'm sure you've like played this one, right? Honestly, I'm not positive that I have. Really? Really, really? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I love the Mario games. Those are those are my favorites to uh, you know pick up and play. Uh, just because they're accessible. Yes. And and, yeah, and they're yeah. fun. You don't have to like study the manual beforehand to really 
know what's going on or figure out how to play. So, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think that's a, that's a fun one. Uh, I mean, any Mario game is just fun to pick up. So, and also it introduced Yoshi and I love Yoshi. He's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this, yeah, yeah, this game is very easily set. Um, yeah, this game very easy to find these days. Like it's available on multiple multiple platforms and platforms, of course, being how popular it is. So, yeah, anybody who somehow missed this game definitely should check it out. Um, yeah, I'm just a bit surprised to say that to hear that because I'm like, you know, this game this game was sold to so many systems for so long. It's like everybody had the game. It seems like, but yeah. So, but uh, okay, awesome, very good start for us, so Joe. Uh, oh, you go next to your pick, please. Okay, so now I'm left in a little bit of a thing because I assumed my first pick was going to go, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was planning to take my second pick, which is what I think is the best uh, platformer on the system. But my first pick is still there. Uh, I'm taking a link to the past because it's the best game on the system. Mm-hmm. I don't know why anybody wouldn't choose it. It's literally perfection in video gaming. It is very good. A Link to the Past is still my favorite Zelda game uh, today, period. So um, yep. it's definitely a Agreed. masterpiece. I, I think it is... Like, people talk about balancing, and uh, Greg, we, we met through um, Duckfeed podcasts and stuff, so Dark Souls is a game that I love and, and I think is insanely balanced, and I still don't think it is a as good an RPG as A Link to the Past is, and I don't think any Zelda game has come close to it. And I love the Zelda games. Almost as hmm. much as Nintendo loves the Zelda games. <laughs> That's a very strong opinion there, so... But, uh, um, uh, have you played the pseudo-sequel, Play Leap Between Worlds? Yes, I have, and that's also a very, very fun game. Yes, yep. Yeah. Well, yeah another, yeah, another strong heavy hitter pick, like, out of the gates. Uh, anybody want to say anything else? play about this game before we move on? Uh, Sure. Um, One thing that kind of defines a number of the SNES games on this list is that I played them and liked them, but not on the Super NES. That's fair, yep. And Link to the Past was the one that I played the absolute heck out of for... I I, I think I played it in, like, 2013 and on the Game Boy Advance, and I played through it, like, six times that year to 100 percent so much. it's an it's an absolutely fantastic game I, I did go back to play the uh super nes version at some point but the gba version was just something i took with me to work mm-hmm. i do my horrible shift at mcdonald's go on lunch get yelled at for being three minutes late because i was playing a link to the past it, it was a game i was absolutely obsessed with and I've been owing it a revisit for a long time now. I just haven't. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we covered this game recently, uh, recently a podcast on here. Like, it does hold up like, very well, I think. Um, have you played this one, Ashley? I haven't. I, in fact, okay. I, I've played, uh, you know, as, as an adult, I've, I've slowly started getting all the things I really wanted as a kid and didn't get them. Um, <laughs> so I've got an NES, and so I've, 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 I, I'm, I have really bad completionist tend- tendencies, Greg. It's awful. Uh, and so I feel like I have to play the first Zelda game before I can play Link to the Past. And even though nobody is putting that uh, uh, particular uh, onus on me or whatever, but that that is a personal thing for me, so I have to finish the first Zelda before I can play Link to the Past. I, yeah, yeah, actually, I do understand that because there are yeah. some things I'm that way with too. But um, you know, but but yeah, and so yeah, and, and yeah, original Zelda I think still holds up pretty well today too. But yeah, Link to the Past is just a masterpiece for sure. So um, thank you all, uh, Nicholas. We've had some two heavy hitters of like already 
the guard that got at the gates. I'm, I'm kind of guessing that yours, theirs is yours is likely to be one too. Okay, so um, what all I said about a link to the past and how they were shocked no one had picked it. That's how I feel about this game. I was like, oh my god, I hope I'm first because this one's going to be taken, but it was not taken. And my first pick is Super Metroid. Ah, yeah. Um, that. Believe it or not, that, that is a game that I first discovered uh, via emulators in the early 2010s. I got my first smartphone and I was just messing around, you know, with all these SNES, GBA games I could play. Super Metroid, I actually didn't like that much for a good decade, just about. Um, I I liked it well enough, but, you know, every time I played it, I was like, Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission are better, is how I saw it. But in like the past couple years, I've gone back to it and I'm like... Oh, no, 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 no. This is actually, like, the... Sing- in my opinion, this is the single best video game on the Super Nintendo. By a very long shot. At least for the way I play video games nowadays huh. as an adult. Yeah. Like, just, you know, be just kind of really wanting that curiosity. Replaying games over and over again. Trying to take different routes. Like, learning Samus's weirdly, weirdly deep moveset that I still don't have completely memorized. Because of all the little tricks that are hidden in it. Just, you know, it just feels like a... It very much upsets me that the internet has ruined Dark Souls comparisons. Mm. Because I feel Super Metroid is to the Super Nintendo what Dark Souls was to the context of the gaming landscape when it came out. Just in terms of this endlessly replayable, open experience that could be different every time you play it. If you were curious enough. Hmm. That's a very good way of of looking at it. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, excellent pick. Uh... I do still think that a uh, that a Zero Mission is better, but Super Metroid is very, very good, uh, like for sure. So, um, does anybody else? So, does anybody else like, like weigh in on this? Yeah, I'd weigh on it. That was going to be my second pick. If, uh, <laughs> if the past, um, I think uh, Super Metroid is the best. There's only one other platformer which I'm not going to mention because it's not my goal again, but uh, that I would put on a level with Super Metroid on the SNES. And like it, it's just it's a brilliant game. My first experience with it uh, mirrors Nicholas's first with A Link to the Past. I didn't play it until I think I even got a, a rip-off ROM illegal version for my Game Boy Advance. Mm, okay. <laughs> and, yep. uh, and yeah, just played the ever-loving hell of it. Also, just uh, as a side... Game Boy Advance is an unbelievable system, and if you've never is, had yeah, one, yeah, you should great. definitely get one. Well, yeah, Super Metroid also has. I feel I still feel yes, I still feel this way that this is true. I think Super Metroid still has the best twenty minutes or so of like the best game ending period in video games, bar none. That whole sequence leading up to the final fight and the final fight itself is just like pure bliss as far as like how it's designed and presented. It's just a, just, like, just amazing. I think um, Ashley, how's your experience like? Um, uh, how's your experience your history like the Metroid series? Uh, I think my favorite thing about the Metroid series is um, angry fanboys that when at the when they get to the end of the first game and they find out Samus is a girl. <laughs> um, I, I, I think you know. While I I've never actually played a Metroid game again, guys. I'm I, I'm I'm like a total noob showing up on this podcast, uh, but. Uh, that is my favorite thing because it was a complete subversion of expectations. And um, as a lady who uh, most of my interests tend to make me the token lady in the room, as I am today, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I anything that is going to mess with guys that don't want to hang out with me 
um, or are going to be really mad about a girl showing up, sharing an interest with them, then I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, props to uh, Samus for uh, showing them what's what. Yeah, they did hide that very, very well, too, like the original game. I remember, you know, I remember being, like, I remember getting the best ending as a kid, just being shocked by that. But, uh, um, but, yeah, but, yeah, uh, definitely, yeah, definitely great points all around. So, well, Ashley, it's your pick next, so why don't you tell us the game that you have experience with? Okay, all right, all right. So, um, trying to decide which of these is going to be most likely to be, um, I think I'm going to go with one I actually didn't play until I was an adult, uh, but uh, Super Bomberman. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have a cousin who he is a you know avid uh, collector of retro games, and his favorite system is the SNES. So I believe he's either got them all now, like every game ever made for the system, or he's got all but just a few. So uh, he had bought a bunch from a guy at a yard sale. And he had picked up a couple of titles for me, and so I went to go uh, pick those up from him. And we, uh, you know, s- similar to when we were kids, we you know we sat down on the floor in front of the TV. He slapped in Super Bomberman I'd never played before, and uh, and we we played, and it was so much fun. Um, you know, only real difference from uh, when we were kids is uh, you know we were each enjoying a very nice glass of bourbon. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Super Bomberman again. Uh, one of the things I, I like in my video games is I don't want to... When I play video games, I play them to blow off steam, to clear my head. Uh, I don't want to have to think a whole lot. And Super Bomberman was just fun, and it was fun playing with him. Like, you know, because he's, ob- you know, he's got a lot more experience playing it than I do. Uh, and so he's just, like, totally pulverizing me in this game. And I'm like, no! And we're just yelling at each other and just having a good time. And I, I think... I don't know. Games now, I, I feel like, are so serious. Um, I think it's so much fun just to uh, sit down and uh, just play with your with your buddy or with your cousin and, uh, you know, talk trash to each other. You know, even if you're losing, I'm still talking trash, you know. <laughs> um, so Super Bomber Man, I think that's going to be one of my picks. Those are excellent points, yes. And I definitely agree with... And yeah, I definitely agree. The Bomberman series is a lot of fun. It's like it's like you know, it's you got to have a lot of people around really to really to like the best enjoyment enjoyment out of the game. I think a lot of a lot of versions of Bomberman's uh, of Bomberman's like support of like eight players at once. But you know, but Bomberman definitely is an excellent party game. Uh, like people like for sure. So, um, how do you guys like feel about like Bomberman? I mean, Bomberman was Mario Party before Mario Party. True. Yeah. Um, like, if you love Mario Party, there should be no argument. Like, you should have, you should be a huge fan of Bomberman. I love Bomberman. Um, it's simple, but yet um, also very um, tactical. 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 Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's that's yeah. A, that's the word. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So it's like you know, you get like the power ups. Um, you know, better power-ups you get, the better you can get, but also you can get yourself into more trouble. I don't know how many times I've bombed myself <laughs> trying to be slick, um, end up finding myself in a corner, and uh, yeah, end up dying at my own end. So, yes. you know, I love Bomberman, and uh, to this day, um, with Bomberman R on the Switch, um, I still play Bomberman, so... Yeah. Yes, pick. there are still... <laughs> yep, there are still like modern versions of the game available, so... But, uh... Uh, it's franchise you know franchise has been going on for about thirty years now, I think at this point. So but um we've not covered a barman game system yet. We'll have to give we'll have to take care of that eventually. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um anybody else want to say anything about the game? 
Yeah, um, uh, I, 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 okay, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, uh, I've actually never played a Bomberman. In fact, my single most memory, most my single first association with Bomberman, whenever it comes to my head, is the box art for that god awful reboot that was on the Xbox 360, Bomberman oh, Zero, I think it was Ugh. called. Yeah, like that is the first thing I associate with Bomberman. Like, uh, I'm sorry for, for no good reason. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with you about that. I think one of the best versions of Bomberman, sadly, is the one hidden away on the Neo Geo. I say hidden away because that, that version's impossible to find and play these days unless you actually have a Neo Geo. So that's next to version of the game. Uh, I mean, Bomberman on the Sega Saturn supports up to 12 people and is quite amazing. Just saying. Oh, does it really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. That sounds fun. <laughs> It sounds like chaos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, chaos is a better word, but yes, it's lots of fun as well. I have played with eight people before. Right? Before eight people was chaos. Like the chaos, like, like I just imagine twelve. Yeah. Um, Holly, what were you going to say? I was going to say. Right, um, so, in two thousand and two, two thousand and one, um, Radiohead released an album called KDA. This is going to sound weird. This, this story oh, seems like it's going nowhere. Such a good album. But we yeah. were in a house party drinking vodka, listening to exclusively vodka because we're idiots from Ireland and uh, listening to Kid A and then somebody came in and said, oh, what, do you want to play some Bomberman? So that was the first time I'd ever played Bomberman. Uh, I, to this day, maybe the last time I ever played Bomberman. Um, and it's a great game. It's, it's not because I didn't enjoy it, but there was, there was like 12 of us and we were having tournaments and I distinctly remember that there's two brothers who played it a lot and they were way better than any of us. And then another guy came into the room who had just showed up or whatever. And he's playing the two boys. And the two boys had been playing for years and were really competitive with each other. But had obviously only ever played against each other. And uh, and this guy kicked the bomb. And the two brothers somehow had never realized that you can kick bombs in Super Bomberman. <laughs> despite the fact that it was their game and they played it all the time. And I'm not sure how you could miss that. It's like it's like literally one of three things you can do, right? But uh, yeah, so I just I always have that memory of the two boys just looking like as if their worlds had just been changed while drinking vodka and listening to Kid A. That's great. Uh, awesome, thank you guys. All right, well, my pick. Um, I'm going to pick a game that's popular, but not quite as a uh, uh, maybe not as popular. Um, as some of the picks that you people like have already like selected, um, because uh, I I've always been a big fan of this franchise. Like I've always been a big fan of this game. Uh, I'm going to pick uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Four: Turtles in Time, mm. uh, which is an excellent arcade port. Uh, as, I, um, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I think it's one of the rare cases where the rare cases like the home version is better than the arcade ports because. Uh, because the home version of this game, they added in, uh, they added in like new levels. They added in like uh, uh, like new enemies. Uh, it's a very good port of their other arcade game. Turtles, Turtles, I've always been a big fan of. Um, the original, the original arcade game, the original arcade game was fun, but they, but Konami just went above and beyond with this game. It's like the music, the graphics, the gameplay. It's like you know the mode seven ability, being able to fling an enemy like the screen. Um, it, and this is also an excellent two-player, uh, two-player game as well too. They sadly had to drop it down for four people to two people with the Super NES. But like I said, this is one of the rare cases I think, like I think, like the home version of the game is actually better than the arcade version. So this is a game I played the heck of the with. Uh, back in the day, and still, um, and still, you know, still fire up every now and then to go through for old time's sake. It's just an excellent like beat 'em up game. 
Agreed wholeheartedly. Actually, um, that was one of the games I was going to put on my list, but I didn't because I actually chose another beat em up um, instead because I figured someone was obviously going to pick this game. Um, but yeah, as, I mean, it's, it's top notch. Um, and you're right, it mirrors the arcade, it adds levels. Um, which, you know, helps the fact that they knocked it down from four players to two players. And it's still just as enjoyable today as it was back when it was released or when you were throwing quarters or Chuck E. Cheese tokens into <laughs> the arcade machine playing it. Uh, you know, it's, it's a game that's timeless in my opinion. Yep. And it, yep. And it's available again now, like in the, like the recently released the Calabunga collection as well, too. So, yes. um, so, uh, um, because, uh, they did. They, they did re-release the game about ten years ago, like the Xbox 360. But it was terrible. It's like because they had to strip. They had, they had to strip so much, so much of it and change it because of change it because of licensing reasons. It's just an awful version. So um, yeah, you know, I, but, I bought that version. I don't uh, want to talk about it. I have it too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does anybody else have any experience with this game? I mostly played it in the arcade. Um, you know, that, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in the area in which I live. Uh, we are blessed with, um, I can think of at least four uh, barcades um, with, within, you know, 30 minutes or less from where I live now. Uh, but uh, Abari, which was the first big one, it's now it reopened after the pandemic. It's now Super Abari, uh, which is adorable. Uh, but anyway, that's a game they've 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 had on the floor for a long time, and it, it is a lot of fun. Um I was I was a big Turtles fan growing up, so anytime I got to do Turtles anything uh, was just the best ever. So yeah, uh, I always wanted to play as Michelangelo because that's my that's my boy. He's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I will also like the more um, uh, also the um, also the uh, also the recently released Shredder Revenge game, which is also excellent, by the way. Uh, um, you had you uh, had you able to play the April when you the first time? Oh, you do. Yes. Oh man, yes. that's that's awesome. I love it. She's a playable character. So sweet. Yeah. That's an excellent game also, by the way. Like I mean like Joyce beat him up. Shredder Revenge is awesome. So Um Ollie Nicholas, do you have any experience with this game or not? Um I have not played it or any Ninja Turtles game for no particular reason except that I don't gel well with beat 'em ups. Okay. For fair reasons enough. I don't yep. quite know, but I never really played it, no. Ollie, how about you? I think the Ninja Turtles are an abomination under God, Greg, and uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> we should, we should ignore out. them at all times. <laughs> and also, also, just for the record, they're hero turtles over here. Yes, I was going to say, yeah. 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 That's so silly. Like, 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 is it still called that, though? Like, they changed the rules, too. Um, no, the games were always called Ninja Turtles. Um, okay. But the TV show was specifically Hero Turtles. And Weird. Nun- okay. nunchucks were removed, yep. and all references to nunchucks were removed, which is really funny because swords apparently were okay, uh, but nunchucks <laughs> were deemed too dangerous. And I'm assuming that's because they were worried about kids buying them and then braining themselves. Uh, because, yeah. like, I don't know if anyone's ever tried to use nunchucks. The chances of you hurting another human being with them is almost zero. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas swords outside, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. more yeah. like nunchucks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nunchucks and whips are two weapons that look awesome. That, 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 um, that look awesome. Somebody skilled in them uses them, but you try to use them yourself. It's not going to go very well. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, awesome. Okay, great. Round one over with. 
Back to Joe again for round two. Go ahead, Joe. Well, after talking about that beat-em-up, I might as well talk about my beat-em-up. And uh quick little rest in peace to Jonathan David Franks. Or Jason David Franks, sorry. Um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Um, to me, the first one game was pretty good, but to the movie game, I think, was a better beat-em-up. Had a better power-up system. And uh, I thought the bosses were a lot better. Um, but yeah, I absolutely... Like, as far as beat-em-ups go, obviously Turtles in Time. Um, but um, I'm a Genesis kid, so Streets of Rage all the way. Um, so, yeah, for the Super Nintendo, for me, the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger games uh, were peak, other than Turtles in Time. Um, and the movie uh, game out of the two was the best. We did cover that for the podcast, I think, right? It, 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 um, I, um, I, I think I played it. You know, like by this point, with 200 games in the history of the podcast, I, some, you know, some of these games kind of blur together the, the, at this point, but I'm pretty sure we've covered it. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah, if it is a game I'm thinking about, like, I remember it being a decent, like, a decent game. So, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't have any history with, history with the series. I never watched it growing up, so, um, but I remember the beat-em-up itself being, like, a very, like, a very competent, you know, and well-executed to, uh, um, a beat-em-up for sure, so... Yeah. Power Rangers hit at a weird time in my life because, like, I was, what, 13, 14? Like, I'm supposed to not be watching cartoons anymore. I'm not supposed to be watching kids' shows. I'm not supposed to be, like, loving action figures. Like, I'm supposed to have already gotten rid of my toys. I'm supposed to be thinking about females and, like, dating and weird things like that. And it was the opposite. I was, like, Saturday morning cartoons were still a must. Like, Power Rangers was, like, right there. Like, it hit everything. And, of course, you know, after Ninja Turtles, um, the Ninja craze was huge. And Power Rangers just fed into that. So I was uh, maybe a little too old for it initially. But it, it, it definitely... Power Rangers and I met at just the right time. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, does anybody else have experience with this game? I lied when I said I don't like beat-em-ups because I forgot that there was a Power Rangers SNES <laughs> game I played with my cousins quite a few times. I don't remember if it was the movie game, though. I uh, specifically remember going over that yesterday when I was making my list, but I couldn't figure out which Power Rangers game I played on SNES, which is like, what, three of them, I think? I think so, so Joe. Huh? What's that? Uh... How many was there? Three? That sounds right. Um, I don't know. I know the Super, Nint Super Nintendo at least had the two beat-em-ups, which was based on the show and the movie. They may have got the fighting game that also came out for the Genesis, um, just slightly altered. If I remember correctly, the Super Nintendo had one where you could fight as the, Zor well, not the Zords, but, you know, Me Megazord versus, like, Big Goldar and the bigger monsters. Um, and I think the Dragon Zord, if I okay. remember correctly. So there'd be three, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay, all right. But, yep. but yeah, I remember like playing uh, whichever one it was, playing it with my cousins, and I don't remember much about it. I know that it was one of the beat em up ones, and I do remember that the Blue Ranger could wall jump. I think, if I'm not mistaken, like there was like yeah, some weird, like, right. yeah, like there was some weird like minor platforming stuff. Yeah, And I also remember, because, you know, I was visiting my cousin, I was maybe like seven or so, I specifically remember this was the first game where I ever heard of the concept of a boss fight. 
Yeah. Like, you know, I, I didn't really play any games where you fought things as a kid. I mostly played platformers. Mm. So, you know, they they get to this, my cousin would get to the skeleton guy and be like, oh man, I'm stuck on the master. The master of this level is hard. And like, it wasn't until a couple years later that I heard the word boss, obviously. But, yeah. You know, like the learning what a master was. That was my first exposure mm-hmm. to the concept of a boss fight in video games. I was like seven playing a Power Rangers game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty and that'd cool. That'd be the uh, the first. That'd be the one based on the TV show, based on ah, the, right, that boss. Cool. So, good well, I'll game. have to look Either that way. up later. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anybody else play to play this? I never got to play it, but I remember like seeing ads for it in comic books, and okay, uh, I, I was I was like at just the right age when Power Rangers hit the U.S. So, uh, you know. Was pretty upset this morning when I saw that Jason David Frank had passed because uh, definitely yes, nine year old Ashley had a huge crush on him. He was so hot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, but you know, it, it, I remember seeing ads in, in comics, and I had a I had a, a subscription to Disney Adventure Magazine at the time, and they always had yes. like a video game feature, and uh, there were ads for video games and. Uh, I just remember thinking, oh, man, that looks so cool. I really want to play it. And I I don't know about y'all, but I grew up in a house where my mother would ban things in non-researched paranoias. Uh, Anybody grow up with parents (laughs) like that? Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay, good, good. Not just Power Rangers is one of them. Power Rangers got banned, yes. Um, And so, but I would, you know, sneak and watch it or would, uh, you know, watch it at friends' houses or whatever. So, you know, if I wasn't allowed to watch the show, I mean, you know, definitely not getting a copy of the game. Because <laughs> I am I think, if I'm remembering correctly, at least one of the Power Rangers games had a Game Boy port. Um, I think it did, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, so, they had a nice little side-scroller as well, but it, with that tiny screen, it was mm-hmm. very frustrating. Right. I had that growing up as well. Right, right, yeah. So... Uh, but I just remember seeing the ads and just like salivating over this game, thinking it looked so cool. So um, good to know that it is a fun beat em up. I do enjoy yeah. beat em ups myself. Um, so, I was Power Rangers like a thing in Europe? Like, didn't yeah. they get over there? So, Power Rangers, um, it was very popular. The, the problem with Power Rangers in Ireland and the UK is it was uh, it was a Sky product. So, okay. yep. so yep. Sky was like the equivalent of HBO. Uh, over there for you guys and most people didn't have sky um like it's weird to tell people like but when i was growing up there were two tv channels so you had a choice between radio television airing one or radio television airing two and uh Mm -hmm. basically they just each of them showed the news uh in about like 20 minute intervals and then irish tv shows and whatever we got from england so something like power rangers never really entered into my life until it became free to air on terrestrial TV and I was already about 15 when that happened okay. and I would suggest that 15 is too old yeah. for Power Rangers and it just never oh, yes. yeah, <laughs> it just never hits in the same way because I, I was like oh Power Rangers this is going to be great and then you watch it and you're like the history this is not the history good of the- yeah, the history of the shows and how they made them is very, very fascinating. But anybody, but anybody, anybody doesn't know. I do recommend reading up on that because because how they, how they, because how they made the shows and spice them together and that kind of stuff is just like very fascinating to me because just like it's like it's like half Japanese, Japanese like um, superhero slash monster stuff and like half like 
uh, Americanized like live action stuff like like thrown together like, in the most awkward way. So like it's a very it's a very interesting franchise, which is still around today. There is a show like currently in production like right now still because they keep bringing it back every several years, apparently. Yep, it keeps going and going. Yep. yep. Just like turtles. Don't, don't kill the cash cow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, great pick. Like very low, yeah, yeah, like very more like secure pick there for sure. So, uh, oh, your turn. Yeah, so um, my, my personal brand is Ollie Don't Grind. Um, and uh, and I'm very aware that my next pick is so completely against that brand that it it's almost a parody in itself. But I think it would be remiss of me not to because I think it might be the SNES game that I may have put the most amount of time into. And I'm going to go with Final Fantasy VI because I mm. think it's the best Final yeah. Fantasy game. It's one of the best games I've ever played. And even though it's not something that I particularly, like, it would be very hard for you to convince me to try and play a turn-based game now. Um, and any of the ones that have come out in the last 10 years, anybody who's tried to convince me to play them is just, I'm just basically laughing in their face. But Final Fantasy VI is really, really good, guys. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going I'm going to recommend it. So I'm going to stick that down on my list. And I'm aware that I've got two RPGs as my first two games, and I am not an RPG guy. But there we go, Final Fantasy VI. Expect, yeah, I expect there to be at least one RPG, because Super NES is known for RPGs, of course. But they, uh, uh, but yeah, Final Fantasy never came out, though, in, in Europe during its, during, its, during its original run, right? Uh, well, again, I didn't get a, an SNES until... 2004 so then but at that stage when i was picking up games i was just going for what effectively i would have had what i've done over the last couple of days which is had a big list of games that were super popular and then i was just going around at now just think back to this guys this is early 2000s when you could buy second hand snes games for like five bucks I remember. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I think that's what I bought. And there's going to be a game coming down here that I own a copy of the cart, which I know even a loose cart at the minute is mega bucks, and I've just got one sitting upstairs. But <laughs> it's just one of those things where I think I picked it up for a tenner at the time. But yeah. I got the Final Fantasy six. I think it, Final Fantasy seven was uh, was on the PlayStation. Yes. And Final yeah. Fantasy nine had already come out when I bought Final Fantasy VI. And I think that the game shop where I was buying for was like, well, who would want number six when sure, nine's out? And they were literally <laughs> selling it for five euros with the box. And I went, okay, thank you. Nice. Thank you very much. And yeah, and I said, I, I put 100 hours, 150 hours maybe into that game. Final Fantasy VI is like definitely an excellent game. You know, I, like, you know, I still prefer Final Fantasy IV a little bit more but it's a very slight difference. FF6 is also an excellent, an excellent entry. Uh, is also an excellent uh, game in the franchise. Um, the music, the, the music, the story, the characters, they're all top-notch. You know, Kefka is one of the best video game villains, period, in, uh, 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 in history. Dancing Mad maybe the best video game piece, bar none. Um, so it's like, and, and the, most recent, uh, the, most, the, the most recent release of it, uh, the Pixel Remastered version, is very, very good as well, too. So... Uh, FF6 is definitely like an excellent pick. So, um, uh, what about you, Nicholas and Ashley? Any experience with Final Fantasy in general or this game? Uh, again, with me, it's it's uh, I have the the original on NES, 
and I haven't finished it, so therefore I haven't played anything <laughs> after that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I also played the original on NES. In fact, it was that weird game I didn't remember the name of that I didn't realize was Final Fantasy until mm-hmm. I was in my yep. early 20s. Sure. I never beat it, never really understood it. Um, I've ca- tried many Final Fantasies and bounced off just because turn-based RPGs and I don't get along for the most part. Um, I will say Final Fantasy VI in particular, I played like the first 30 minutes of that game at least four times. And, you know, even though I in- inevitably fell off every time, even though I'm the kind of person who gets very grumpy about video games trying to be movies, there's something very, 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 very special about playing this really lo-fi SNES game, starting it up, and then getting this kind of like dramatic, like almost like intro movie credits crawl mm-hmm. while this yeah. great mm-hmm. music plays and this visual set piece plays that has me like, this is so magical. It is one of the most memorable things I've seen in a video game that I have not beaten. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah definitely for sure. So, um, the most recent Final Fantasy games, starting with 12, uh, are not really turn-based anymore. They're more like an action, like, a, like an action, like a, an action yeah. slash kind of, mm. kind of more, you know, there's, there's, there's no, uh, there's no turn-based structure, but the structure, but you're actually like actually directly, directly controlling the characters now, uh, like now in the more recent games. So, yeah. Um, uh, Maybe those like might be like more for speed. Yeah, possibly. But the remake of uh, Seven is really good, Nicholas. It is. It, it is. Yeah. Yes. So all right. Uh, cool. I, I would buy the PS Five next year when the next part comes out for sure. So, but but uh, um, so this was the one Final Fantasy game that I've never played. <laughs> yeah, you need to. <laughs> yeah, it's the best uh, one. Joe. I'll get around one. to it eventually. Uh, for me, on the Super Nintendo, like it's Mystic Quest. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the Pixel Remaster Collection uh, of the first six Final Fantasy games is very excellent. Um, um, is excellent, by the way. I definitely can't say enough good things about the. Mm. Um, uh, you know, good thing about it. Um, it, it, it's, um, it, uh, they're, uh, they're playable in a more convenient format these days, and they also added quality of life improvements, such as like you know, like faster walking speeds, uh, safe states, um, you know, like um, uh, a gallery of like uh, 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 of artwork. So like, uh, so it's like well worth the mission price. But, yeah, uh, cool. Alrighty. Uh, so uh, Nicholas, you're up next. Okay, so uh, we are up to my second pick now. Um, uh, my second pick is Kirby Superstar, which was my first Kirby game. It is still one of my favorites, even though I prefer to play the very good uh, DS remake nowadays, Kirby Superstar Ultra. Uh, Kirby Superstar was one of those games that I, that as a kid, we rented from Blockbuster over and over and over again to the point that mom, like, I think she literally bought the Blockbuster copy used as a Christmas gift. Like that like I remember like I remember on Christmas one year, I suddenly had all these like uh video games that came up and all of them had very mysteriously um familiar save files on them. And I was like, wait a second. But but yeah, so yeah, so I I read to Kirby Superstar so often that Apparently, my mother uh, bought or, I don't know, stole, no judgment, like a <laughs> superstar from Blockbuster to give me for Christmas. But that was a game I played a whole lot. I, it's still probably, it, it's still probably one of my favorite, more like, you know, pure platformer, platformer games out there. I do love the structure with like six different like sub games. I 
desperately wish the Kirby series would go back to that because I love the newer Kirby games, but I think the idea of instead of having a single unified gameplay experience, having like six smaller gameplay experiences that are similar, but they're kind of like contained bite-sized ideas. I think Mm. that's the kind of very, very interesting and like brave ideas that they just wouldn't do nowadays. So I think it kind of stands out in a way that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe and I covered this game in the podcast last year, and I definitely agree with you. Like, an excellent game. It's like, you know, yeah. I think that, you know, those six mini games, um, actually seven mini games all together, um, you know, like, um, uh, uh, put together like one, that one card's like an awesome idea. So, um, and like, uh, and like, yeah, this is an excellent game, like, for sure. This is one, you know, this is probably the one, probably one of my favorite Kirby games, uh, totally. Um, anybody else want to comment on it? Yes, I, okay. I, I was just waiting for other people to speak. Um, I <laughs> I only played uh, Kirby recently, and I'm going to say in the last two years is recent. Um, and yeah, uh, <laughs> I'd never played a Kirby game before, and I picked up um, is it a yarn tale or uh, epic, epic yarn? yarn? Yeah, what a great game! Yeah, what a great character! And I had honestly never never occurred to me to play a Kirby game before but now if I got the chance I'd, I'd definitely pick it up and you reckon this is one of the best ones Nicholas so I mean if I can find a copy of this somewhere I might I might give it a go I, I have a DS sitting around somewhere so I'm sure I can see if I can get the, the version of the DS but um, yeah it's I, I just I really enjoyed it so uh, loads of people have been telling me for years and the only time I'd ever come across Kirby in anything was really in Super Smash yes um, yeah. and or Smash Bros Whatever guys, whatever you guys want to call it, um, but yeah, uh, fantastic little character. And that game I played, the Epic Yarn, was brilliant. So I'm, I'm sure this will be fantastic as well. Yes. I, I can't recommend the DS version enough because it has all the content. It has additional game modes on top of it. And don't get me wrong, the Super NES version is wonderful. It has the kind of like more old style pudgy Kirby sprites and everything. But the DS version just adds so much to it. But one thing that's uh, good about the SNES version, though, that you can kind of do on the DS version, but it's a little more complicated, is that you do have kind of a makeshift two-player mode. Because you can turn your enemies into AI buddies that help you. And if you have a second player, it becomes kind of like a Sonic 2 and 3 situation where the second player can control the buddy, which Mm -hmm. is pretty fun. The original version is also a bit easier to come by because it's part of the Super... For the Super NES Mini uh, as well. It plays well also. Yeah, so. yeah it, it also recently got added to Switch Online, I believe, as well. Did it? Okay, I, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I, All right. I, checked that, I checked that a couple days ago when I was uh, combing through lists of NES games to try to make a list. So, mm. yeah. Awesome. Uh, Ashley, you have any experience with a Kirby game? Uh, I, I have never played a Kirby game, though I do like to play Kirby in Smash Brothers just because I like the mm. idea of a character that can just eat stuff and <laughs> spit it back <laughs> at you. Um, like in fireball mode or whatever. I just think that's fun. <laughs> it's like, yeah. who thought up this little guy and you know, who decided, oh, I'm just going to make this little creature who uh, eats things, takes on the powers of whatever he eats or, you know, can spit fireballs at you. And he's just so cute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, this is silly and, and delightful and fun. Kirby also has the bad habit, unfortunately, of being like coming out late in the system's lifespan because right. the original Kirby, uh, Kirby's Adventure, was a very late NES game that I really. Um, you know, that I played that I played back then, and I, and I don't, th- I don't think, uh, um, 
Uh, no, I'm sorry. Kirby, no, I'm sorry. The, the very first game is Kirby Dreamland for the Game Boy, but that was yeah. kind of yeah. like yeah. the, the, the Game Boy game. Kirby's Adventure uh, was second game for the NES, but you know, by that time, late 1993, the NES was already on the way out. I don't think so. I don't think anybody else played this. Um, and like you know, and, uh, um, so the, and this game also Kirby Superstar was one of the last Super NES games released in North America as well too. So it's like, it was like know, a just, year after the Nintendo 64, if I'm not mistaken, it, like 97, I think. Um, it actually came out. I just had it in front of me. It actually came out in North America. Uh, three months before the N64 launched. Like, over oh, there. okay. All so, right. very shortly afterwards. So, yeah, just like, unfortunately, Kirby just has, Kirby's just, just a victim of like, bad timing, I think, with a lot of their games. But, um, but yeah, the Kirby games are still very good, uh, for sure. But, uh, excellent pick. Uh, all right. We have up next, uh, uh, um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Ollie, that was, no, sorry, that was Ashley's the next pick. All right. Um, hmm. Been talking about platformers. Been talking about beat 'em ups. I'm just gonna go for another fun one. Uh, Super Mario Kart. Yes. Uh, yeah. Again, yeah. again, accessible. I have really fond memories. I'm pretty sure I've played almost every iteration of Mario Kart with my cousins on like Easter, Thanksgiving, or Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was like just a thing that we did. My my cousin who um, who is the uh, retro gaming collector. Uh, his mom and dad would always host uh, holidays this is on my uh, dad's side of the family. And so uh, I have lots of really great memories of uh, the cousins going up to uh, his room and just taking turns um, playing Mario Kart or Smash Brothers or things like that. But uh, Mario Kart was one that we definitely played a lot. Uh, and it was, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we played them uh, again on, <laughs> on almost every iteration um, of the system. So uh, I, Again, Super Mario Kart, it's fun. I love fun. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mario Kart's definitely like an excellent game. It's like, you know, this is probably one of the best franchises that got started Super NES because they're going strong today, like for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, and like, the split, uh, the split screen mode was a bit, the, the split screen mode in that game was, was a little bit junky, uh, but it did work. So, um, it definitely was very fun to play as well, too. Uh, anybody else? I did not play this one, unfortunately. My series um, experience began with Mario six, with Mario Kart sixty four. Okay. Yeah, I I I played this one quite a bit and and had tournaments in it and had tons of fun in it. I played most of the the Super Mario Karts. I'm I'm gonna say all of them, and uh, and I think uh, Super Mario Kart is the best of them up until Mario Kart eight. I think. Uh, there, there are technical achievements in some of the other ones, but I think Super Mario Kart, the original from the SNES, is the best version of that game until the Nintendo Wii U version. And I think the Nintendo Wii U version, um, or the Switch version now, I suppose, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, is the best version. But Super Mario Kart is maybe just, is almost as much fun. And I think yes. a lot of the other versions took away by adding stuff and yeah i can see that sure yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and uh, this is going to sound incredibly uh, controversial maybe but oh. for example in the uh n64 versus playstation uh battle i think crash team racing is a far superior game than mario kart 64 I I, hmm. I I think it's more enjoyable i think it handles better and i think there's more stuff to do in it whereas 
most people would disagree on that. But I mean, you know, that's the way it works, I suppose. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Super Mario Kart, I think is fantastic. It was on my, it's in my list of five. It's the, it's actually the second one I have to scribble out now and I have to replace <laughs> with something else. But uh, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting people to be naming Super, Mom- <laughs> Super Bomberman and uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, so they were never on my list. <laughs> but Mario Kart and Metroid are gone now, so now I have to, I'm going to replace them with more RPGs, guys. Just be, just be prepared. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you get that for sure. Uh, also, um, also, like, if you ever get a chance to play it, uh, the Mario Kart arcade game is also like, very good. Yes. Yeah. I've played that one. Yeah. I'm not sure I knew there was an arcade game. Yeah, it came in a couple of years ago, I think, now. Namco actually developed it because Nintendo doesn't make uh, 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 arcade games anymore. But uh, Joe and I played it at the Dave Busters before I moved a couple months ago. Yeah, can play, we can had play a good Pac-Man couple battles. Sorry? You can play as Pac-Man in it. Yes, yeah, you can. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, awesome. Uh, uh, great picks. So uh, I'm going to take one here from my list then. Um, I'm going to go with a game from... A, so I'm going to go. Uh, so I'm going to pick another game from another franchise that I definitely, um, a franchise I definitely have a lot of, like uh, a love for. Uh, I'm going to pick Castlevania X, uh, which is a very, which is the Super NES version of Rondo of Blood. However, it's not really fair to say it's a port of Rondo of Blood because they changed the game so much to make it work in Super NES. Because uh, the original game, uh, the original Rondo of Blood, the PC Engine had things like anime cutscenes and voices and whatnot, and uh, whatnot, and none of that was very really possible, uh, possible in Super NES because of Super NES because it's more limited cart size. But you know, uh, but they made the game, but they made the game work, taking basically the same essence of the game, but reworking stages, the enemies, whatever, the music to make it fit on, to make it fit like onto the game, which makes it and the game itself because of it is a very different game than Rondo of Blood. It's worthwhile playing both games, like your friend, like a fan of the franchise. You know, I'm a huge fan of the Castlevania franchise. Uh, franchise. I've enjoyed almost every game that, uh, um, in the series, the series that come out. And, and again, Castlevania X got overlooked, I think, for many, many years because people just saw it as like a poor man's port. When it's not really like a port, like a port of Rondo Blood, uh, like at all. So, uh, and the game is available uh, more recently, more recently Castlevania collections, the collection like people can like, like people can actually play it themselves because the Super NES version was and still is for a long time very rare and very expensive to find. Uh, so, but yeah, Castlevania X I think is an excellent game. Probably, probably in my top five list of actually like favorite uh, Castlevania games. Uh, uh, games I think it's like that good. Uh, it just has everything trademarked for Castlevania game that you expect, like gameplay, music, graphics, uh, weird enemy designs. You know uh, the works. So uh, why well, do you think Rondo Blood's very very good? I just uh, um, I just have a lot of nostalgia for Dracula, for, uh, like for Castlevania X as well too. Um, and Ollie, this game in Europe is known as Vampire's Kiss, by the way, in case you're kind of confused. No, I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't confused. Um, I was <laughs> was confused with Super Castlevania Four, which is uh, what I always thought Dracula X was until somebody else pointed out to me it's a completely different game. I was like, <laughs> yes. "Oh, what is it?" Um, yeah, uh, and I played that again recently as well. And um, yeah, it's it's a cracker. But I mean, realistically, has there ever been a truly bad castlevania game and i don't want anybody to say castlevania um, 2 it's decent <laughs> it's decent at worst 
Castlevania 64. Which is all right. I mean, it's not a great game, but it's at least playable. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I really don't think of those two games, those two games being like Castlevania games, really. But they are like decent games, like what they are. And then there's that one that was on like the Xbox and PS2 that wasn't all that great. Oh, I love those. I love those so much. The Xbox and PS2 ones. They're weirdly underrated, in my opinion. That's not Lords of Shadow. It's a different. No, 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 no. no. The um, one that came before that. Uh, there, there's Lament of Innocence on the PS2, there we and go. then there's Curse of Darkness on both the PS2 and Xbox. Yeah, Lament of Innocence, I think, is very good. Yes. Yeah. So. The Game Boy Advance had a, had a couple of cracking Castlevania yes, games on. They did, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, but uh, Nicholas, you're a big Castlevania fan, also, right? Yeah. So what yeah, do you think I, of this I, one? Yeah, I, I actually. Um, didn't play that much of any of the SNES Castlevanias, which makes me sad because I adore Castlevania, as some people know. Um, I did play the... My introduction to the series was actually the remake of Rondo of Blood on PSP called Dracula X Chronicles. Yes. So I yeah. played through that, mm. which was interesting. I played a little of the original version of Rondo that you can unlock in it, but not very much. I do really want to play through that properly and uh, Castlevania X as well, just because yeah. they... Look really interesting, but my uh, my experience with the series is more with the um, the Metroidvania style yeah. ones than it is with the classic ones, unfortunately. So. I think Castlevania Four is better games. Castlevania Four to me is my favorite Castlevania game, period, because that game is just simply like amazing, like in every aspect. But Dracula X is still a very, very good game. I mean, um, like I said, doesn't really get the respect that I think it deserves. Uh, for sure, because Konami Konami had an impossible job in their uh, job in their hands. We're trying to port this over the system, uh, system, uh, and they did an excellent job at it. So yeah, the thing uh, that the thing that interests me about it, what just from what I see from the outside between Rondo and Dracula and uh, Castlevania X, is that it kind of reminds me of Castlevania X is a port of Rondo of Blood in the same way that a licensed movie game that was on. GameCube and Game Boy Advance and PSP and DS all at the same time reports of each other where there were basically <laughs> entirely different games that just kind yes. of like yeah. loosely shared like the same ideas, maybe some of the same bosses and stage ideas, but were executed in wildly different ways from what I could say. Sure, definitely. Although uh, the actually, door the door opening sound sounds like a fart though. I noticed that. Ashley, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have any experience with Castlevania? No, no, that's uh, it's definitely on my list. I'm a big horror fan, and yeah. and so every October I'm like, ooh, I should maybe give Castlevania a try sometime. <laughs> yeah, but no, unfortunately, I don't have any experience with those. Uh, but they do sound fun. So, yeah, just one small thing. Uh, maybe you check out the games eventually. Uh, pretty much, pretty much the only differences between the American and Japanese versions of these games usually is that the Japanese versions like have blood, whereas the American versions they always like replace it out with acid uh, because it. <laughs> To, to be Nintendo censorship, censorship policies at the time. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, Aliens, my uh, favorite movie. I'm okay with acid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Greg, I've been trying trying to to pick up on this as we go along. Would I Sorry, be correcting saying that uh, Castlevania Four is the first game that you couldn't have picked from your list? Correct. Yeah, that was already covered last time. Fight for me. God, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out. I'm, I, every time you say something, I'm like. I wonder if there's a slightly <laughs> better version that he can't pick now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very true, unfortunately. But yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Both Castlevania Super NES games, I think, are very good. So, and so, I am glad they are part of the recently released Castlevania uh, Castlevania collection as well, too, because they hold up like very well, uh, for sure. Um, all right, round three. Uh, Joe, you're up next. 
Uh, so this might be obscure, might not be. Uh, depends on how you came at the Super Nintendo. But um, for me, like I said, I used to go to my friend's house. That was the best way that I got to play the Super Nintendo, other than the Sears kiosk. Um, so my third pick is Uni Racers. Um, and that was the game that he had that we played oh so much. And I love this game. Um, it is a clunky racer for sure, but it's also like super fun to be able to do the tricks, get that speed boost, and be able to sometimes inch out just barely winning a race, especially in two-player. Um, the whole half-pipe idea um, that they have in, in there is really good, and it's done very well. And it's the fact that... Um, Based on the buttons that you press, it gives a certain rotation to the unicycle. So, like, left and right will get you spinning a bit, but it's like if you hit, like, uh, X and Y, I think, gets you kind of uh, going kind of diagonally spinning. So you can do some crazy tricks. Um, and obviously, you got to land on your tire to be able to uh, completely um, stick it and be able to get that boost. So it's, uh, it's fun. It can be frustrating at times, learning the mechanics and all that. Um, but once you get it down, it is so, 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 so pleasurable when you land that first, like, triple jump, backflip, <laughs> whatever. And you get that tire spinning and you just fly by everybody. It's fantastic. So I, I, can't yeah. heap, I can't heap enough praise on this game. And it's obscure, too. Like, like nobody... Yes. There's, yeah. there's only a few people I think I've come across in life, not just, you know, in the time in which I've been playing retro games, it's life in general. So 41 years that I have come across that have actually played this game and understand it or at least have some knowledge of it. Yeah, I thought you might pick this game because it, it, if you remember that we covered this game on the podcast a couple years ago, they really yeah. liked it. So mm. uh, it's a very unique racing game for sure. The graphics, the graphics of this game are gorgeous. Yes. Um, so, and this definitely is the most obscure game so far that's been picked. For unfortunately, for a good reason, uh, there was a lawsuit filed by a company uh, about uh, the, the, the company sued the developers because they felt they they ripped off their unicycle uh, concept. And I'm like, <laughs> whether or not you can claim our unicycle is arguable at best, but um, but because of the lawsuit, they weren't um, you know they weren't allowed to make any more copies. So yeah. this is a very this is a very rare rare expensive game to find these days. So. Uh, um, I, I I would be shocked if uh, like Ollie or Nicholas or or, uh, or actually if like a, uh, like if they even heard of this, but just played it. Never heard of it. I, I was just doing a, a quick uh, Google on it, and uh, looks like it was released as a Unirally in PAL territories. Okay. So, does that okay. help? <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, but no, seriously, I've never heard of it. <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh, you know, racing unicycle—that's a. Uh, I, I mean, I can't imagine what they could have possibly off. Like, I don't know any the other games you, that have like. Well, they, well, well. The Wikipedia article has more information about this. The there, uh, there was a studio. There was a studio that made a. Uh, there was a studio that made a short. Uh, there studio that made a short animated film uh, shortly before the game came out, uh, which featured. Which featured, which featured as his protagonist, like a like a on um, a small red unicycle, uh-huh. um, and, and they argued that the developers had ripped um, ripped off the idea and the concept uh, concept uh, from them. So, you know, hence the lawsuit. I have heard of the game. I have never played it and know nothing about it. Yeah, it, it look it looks wild when I see it, but I I don't know anything about it. Unfortunately, it, it is a wild game, definitely like for sure. So, but. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, 
I'm not surprised you picked that one, Joe. So I can cross that one with like a bingo card. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because like you know I I've talked about this game numerous times and like to like in some circles like it's like a fever dream that only I had. Like they have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, they're like, there's no way I own X amount of Super Nintendo games. I've never seen this game, so it's always one of those like. It, I try to use it as a conversation starter when I'm in with a group of strangers because I'm like, okay, who's the cool one in this group? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was featured on a gaming TV show over here way back in the 90s, obviously, because it was SNES time, called right. Games Master, where um, the idea was that kids would go on to the show and then there was a Games Master. And he would ask them to play video games and then the winner would move on. You can find it on... I am not doing justice to this show. Um, <laughs> you should watch an episode on YouTube. It's it's literally one of the most famous astronomers in the UK. Uh, and he is the games master and it's just his head, like this big projected head inside of the game. And he's saying to kids, I want you to play uni rally and then the two kids would play off in the game of uni rally and it was fantastic like it's a great show um way before g4 tv existed games master was was living it in the uk so that's the only place i ever saw it um and for some reason it's burned into my head because on the exact same episode they also played lemmings and that was the first time i'd ever seen lemmings as well and uh and i just associate the two games with each other i'm not sure why that they're completely non-connected to each other in any way but anytime somebody says uni rally to me i always go oh yeah and lemmings and, and i just want to confirm for people uh the entire looks like seven season run of game master is available on youtube complete nice. so. just just watch 10 minutes of it uh, <laughs> Dominic Diamond was the host and he was genuinely engaging and he looked like the kind of guy who played video games and wanted like this was not a cool guy he was a, a nerdy dude with glasses and he was talking to the kids as if he knew what he was talking about and then the games master would give you tips like he like there was a segment every week on the show where people would send in a question to the games master and then he would give out cheat codes Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. We had something similar like that in the U.S. Um, in the early '90s. Nick Arcade. Uh, yeah, I watched Nicolas, that on Nickelodeon. Yep. I thought that was the coolest thing ever because you know your the final thing. If if your team won, you got to uh, go inside a video game, and I was just like, how do they do that? <laughs> you know? There was another show I used yeah. to watch as a yeah. kid. I can't remember the name of it. The, the fight right now that's kind of similar. It's like you know uh, you were competing against the players to try to get a high score in a game. And if you won, you, you had to put on a Velcro suit and have six seconds to go around the store with, like, you know, grabbing games and sticking to your Velcro belt. So uh, that was also, yeah, yeah. Never yeah, that was a that fun one. show. Oh, I, can't remember, I can't remember the name of the show right now. I'll have to, like, find it afterwards. Yeah. But Greg, was but, this show uh, just called You and Your Mate Shoplifting? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, all right, uh, that was that was the Joe's pick. So, oh, you're up next. Well, as I was saying before, I don't do uh, RPGs, but I'm going. No, I'm not. I'm not leaving another RPG. They're not getting onto my list. Chrono Trigger <laughs> can go take a walk. It's not getting on here, no matter how many times people want me to put it on. I am going <laughs> to name something which I, I, I kind of think might not have been too popular in the states. Um, but when you guys were mentioning beat 'em ups. My favorite beat 'em up on the system is Knights of the Round. 
And uh, yes. no, no, it's yeah. a brilliant game. Uh, three players, or well, two players, but three three pickable characters that legitimately change how you play the game. Um, so if you take something like Golden Axe or, or, or even Streets of Rage, uh, like take the first Streets of Rage, for example, it doesn't really matter which one you pick. It's roughly the same game. Whereas mm. in Streets of Rage 2, it really does make a difference which one you pick. Right. And in Knights of the Round, it makes a difference which of the three knights you pick. Like you, you can't go in guns blazing if you're using uh, Lancelot, for example. He just doesn't have the stamina to take the hits or whatever. Percival mm. can knock people across the room, across the screen, mm-hmm. etc. And it's just a fantastic game. It's just everything about it holds up. It's really, really tight. There's a myriad of different enemies. Uh, myself and my brother... Um, and again, we were older at this stage. We were in our 20s. We played the hell out of this game. So, yeah, uh, Knights of the Round. It's, it's one of my favorite games on the system. And I just, I needed to put it in because at this yeah. stage, I didn't want to be having any more 55-hour-plus <laughs> games to add to the list. And uh, I, I, it's something that I think most people wouldn't go to as their go-to game. And yeah, but it's just a ton of fun. And it's a great one for, as I said, sitting around having a party and let's, just, let's get two players on, see how far you can go, swap out yep. to the next two players. Yeah, Knights of the Round was one of the very, very, very first episodes about like this podcast. We covered that game. Um, this was originally a Capcom arcade game uh, made during the early 90s during the period of like, beat em up. Some Dream Fighter uh, at all was ruining the arcades. Uh, did you play the arcade version, uh, Ali? I have played the arcade version, but again, only much later. I played it in an, okay, an yeah. arcade in Dublin like 10 yeah. years ago. One of those things where you're like, I, Dr. Quirky's is the name of the arcade. So if you're ever in Dublin, <laughs> it's on the main street in Dublin, O'Connell Street. And there's an arcade in there called Dr. Quirky's. And it still has a lot of like 80s and 90s arcade games. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's great. Knights of the Round was also ported to Super NES very well. I mean, the arcade version is... The, uh, uh, the, uh, the arcade version is very, very close to the NES version of the game. So, you know, mm. Capcom, uh, Capcom again did a great job as far as porting the game over, like for sure. But yeah, this is, but yeah, but yeah, I totally agree with you. This is like a very good beat em up game. It's, it reminds me a lot of like, you know, like, um, uh, Joe, a Central Genesis kid. Uh, Knights of the Round is, Knights of the Round is very similar to Golden Axe. It's just that it's, it's just that the characters, like, like I was saying, the characters, the characters are more, are more individually uh, different than they are like in yeah. uh, Golden Axe. So. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. So good pick. Uh, oh, you definitely, you're definitely more obscure one. Has, it, um, has anybody else played this? So um, I have played this fantastic beat 'em up. I totally agree with you, Ollie. And I just want to put um, an antidote in there that uh, Starcade is the show that you were talking about, Greg. Okay. And also, I recommend looking on YouTube and at least watching a show or two, especially if it includes the old Qbert. Or Donkey Kong cartoons because those are horrendous, <laughs> but awesome. <laughs> uh, yes, sure. So, uh, okay. If nobody else has played this game, let's move on then. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nicholas, you're up next. Okay. Um, now, uh, this game is. If you had asked me anywhere between the ages of seven and maybe twenty-five. <laughs> This would have been my first pick NES game, and it's one I name drop at the beginning of this episode. That would be Yoshi's Island, uh, cynically and cowardly subtitled as Super Mario World 2 in the United States. <laughs> um, 
this is the game I could not get enough of growing up. I didn't beat it until, as with so many of these, I didn't beat it until I got the GBA port when I was just a little bit older. But I played the Super Nintendo version so, 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 so much as a kid. When uh, Ashley mentioned earlier during Super Mario World that she loved Yoshi, I was about to, like, burst at the seams because I was, like, the really weird Yoshi kid who had a little, like, Yoshi plush I carried everywhere for years and years and years. Like, I was obsessed with Yoshi because of this game. And, of course, when I was a little kid, I couldn't get past World 3 because I did not understand the... uh, egg skipping that you have to do to uh, attack a uh, naval piranha but you know so i didn't beat it until i got the gba version and the magic of the internet meant i could look up the solution but you know. <laughs> uh, yeah yoshi appeared like a lot of good like good uh, good games for sure like you know yoshi uh, yoshi's cookie those are all like you know, like pretty good games too so but uh uh yeah definitely i agree with you nicholas uh, like well, yoshi's down being like a great game the graphics are gorgeous uh, the music of this game is very, very good. It's just like I simply, I, I simply, I simply just cannot stand that damn crying Mario baby. Hey, you yeah. wouldn't, yeah. Trust me, you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> it drives, it drives, yeah, yeah. It drives me up a wall, unfortunately. So, but I mean, there, but, there is a ROM hack you can, uh, you can uh, apply that uh, removes that apparently, but I've never used it. Really? After like, yeah, yeah, there, after, yeah. There's, yeah. It's like, it's like something called like Baby Mario Fix, and all it does is it prevents him from crying when he gets knocked off. Yeah, uh, but that's going to change the experience big time. And Greg and I still have to re- like cover this game, so I'm definitely gonna be looking <laughs> for that patch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Great pick for sure. Um, Joe, have you played this game yet? So I have, and Baby Mario is one of the biggest things I despise about the game. <laughs> um, but that being said, it's still a fantastic game. It and, is a fantastic game, um, yes. What was the game I just kind of played kind of like that? Um, I think it's Yoshi Touch and Go. Um, it's on the, I think it's on the 3DS. But it's the same kind of mechanics, but no baby Mario. Um, you still got the platforming. You're still, like, shooting the eggs. Um, to, you reveal different things and get different power-ups. Um, so, yeah. I I mean, I don't think that this should have had the Super Mario World 2 attached to it, in my opinion. It should have just been its own thing. Well, I know um, why they did it. They were trying to like, well, help the game sell better. So Correct. But, yeah. Like, I know why they did it, but I'm just saying, I think the game stands on its own. Uh, and doesn't need that subtitle, but, you know. Yeah, I honestly think it's better than Super Mario World. There's a reason that uh, Super Mario World wasn't at the top of my list, but this was near the top. Mm. Interesting. I agree uh, with Nicholas. I think this is better than Super Mario World. Uh, okay. Although I will say that <clears throat> you you mentioned it is the crying baby. There are two sounds in Nintendo games that I just cannot handle, and I try my best to avoid them, and it's that crying baby... And it's, hey, listen, shut up, (laughs) shut up, never want to hear you again. Uh, Agreed. Uh, Ashley, have you played this one? I haven't. So uh, you guys are giving me a good to-do list uh, with Mm. this podcast. Yeah, you love Yoshi. Yoshi's Yoshi's, Yoshi's are in spades in this game. Oh, yeah. 
I just want to correct myself. It's Yoshi's New Island. That's the one for the 3DS. Okay, I've heard that game. Yes, okay. But, yep. Okay. Awesome. All right, uh, Ashley, you're up next. Okay. Well, hmm. Now, this one... I'm going to say, I, I've, I've got more experience playing this on uh, the Genesis, but uh, one game that I remember seeing ads for in comics and uh, and such when I was a kid and thinking, oh man, that looks so cool. Um, and also a little scary, uh, Spider-Man and Venom Maximum Carnage. Mm. Um, I have read comics since I could read, uh, which is, you know, a, a while. <laughs> uh, but Spider-Man uh, I, I grew up just really loving Spider-Man, uh, and really, um, and, and Venom is my favorite, and then when I, I learned about Carnage, I was like, ooh, <laughs> he's like Venom, but everywhere, and red, and scarier, so, uh, was really intrigued to play Spider-Man Maximum Carnage, and so, um, uh, anyway, didn't really get to play it until I was an adult, but I love a good beat-em-up, that one's really fun. Uh, again, it's, it's pretty accessible. I did, uh, you know, Google a manual, I, cause I, I picked the copy I picked up was used. And so I had to, you know, get a, a better feel for the controls and all of that. But, uh, Spider-Man Maximum Carnage, that's a fun one. I, I've not finished it yet. So, um, putting it on my to-do list. So. Yeah. That game was also released in a blood red cart too, right? Was that uh, the... yes, yes, yeah, that okay. is correct. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've covered, uh, yeah, yeah. We have covered this game before in the pot. I'm making a podcast. Like, it's a very good beat up Yeah, because I'm also a big Spider-Man fan, so I play most Spider-Man games out there. And, like, the comic book the comic book look to the game for the cutscenes and everything is very well done. So, right. Um, I also yeah. really like that they incorporated, um, like, not as popular characters. I don't remember the exact release date for this game, but uh, you know, I was a huge fan of Spider-Man um, 94, the animated series. And uh, okay. I, yeah. I, I like that they pulled in, like, Cloak and Dagger and, you know, Characters that you know weren't uh, on a TV show, you know they they were they were in the comics. So you, if yeah. you wanted to know more about these characters, oh well, here here they are. Uh, yeah. You're just gonna have to go read. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, this is one of the more later like later Super Nintendo Genesis releases, like in '94, like when this came out. Mm-hmm. So um, and it also. Um, you know, and it, uh, there's also a sequel to it as well, Separation Anxiety, which I don't think was as good. Ooh, I didn't, I don't think I knew there was a sequel. Yeah, it's not as good, but it's still a fantastic beat-em-up. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, very good pick. Yeah, this is like a fun beat-em-up game, like for sure. Um, uh, has anybody else played this? Well, Ashley and I must be close in age because, um, this is also a game that's very close to my heart. <laughs> and I am a huge Spider-Man fan, right. and... As far as arcs go with Spider-Man, like Maximum Carnage was the first one that I picked up off the shelf every week in, in, in anticipation. Um, and, of course, you know, I learned and watched Eddie Brock bond with the Venom symbiote. And I saw the birth of Carnage and then the fact that they were all coming together and having this big crossover event. Um, this was huge. And then the fact that they're making it into a beat em up video game, uh, was even bigger. And, uh, that I remember that holiday season, I got it for the Genesis and never looked back. Fantastic game. Um, and in recent years, I've played it on the Super Nintendo and it's, it's pretty much the same game. I think the yeah. Super Nintendo has a slightly better color palette and I think the, uh, controls are a little tighter. But other than that, they're pretty much the same game. 
Did you know that Green Jelly and Black Sabbath uh, like part of the music of the game? Uh, so the members of Black Sabbath that contributed to the soundtrack are more or less they helped with the compositions that Green Jelly performed. It's mainly Green Jelly. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, I just didn't want you to think the soundtrack was cooler than it actually was. <laughs> <laughs> it is a cool soundtrack, though. It, it is. is. Yeah, it so. is. But it would have been cooler if Black Sabbath right. was doing it. What about you, Nicholas and Ollie? Like an experience with this game or not? My experience begins and ends with the knowledge that it has a red cartridge. Um, <laughs> I thought it was... Uh, you know, it's one of those games I keep downloading as a ROM and then never play it for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I obviously again didn't play this as as kids. I played the Genesis equivalent, and uh, or sorry, I keep saying Genesis because I'm hearing the American accents is getting to me. Um, <laughs> Mega Drive equivalent, and uh, it was very good. I know they're different games and they, they handle differently and they, they they got different controls or whatever. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really good. The, the thing that I always find interesting about this is, you know the whole, there's never been a good licensed game that or that, that's what people throw around or like, oh, licensed right. games are always right. cheap cash-ins or Which stuff. Which is not true. Yeah. Which is just not true because like even I was thinking about this, uh, The Adventures of Batman and Robin, which is almost the game I put on my list here uh, mm, on the yes, SNES. Yeah. It's yeah. a great game. It and is, yes, yeah. It really uses Batman and Robin to the best of their abilities. And the same with this Spider-Man Maximum Carnage. Like, there's a real difference between each of the characters that you could possibly use and the skills that they have and what they do. And there were a few other Marvel beat-em-ups and DC beat-em-ups at the time. They're, they're all great. Like, they, they just handle really well. They play really well. Like, basically... This was a solid era for that type of cash in game or tie in game. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that, like for sure. So, but uh, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, excellent, yes, excellent pick. Uh, that was Ash's pick, right? Uh, yes, that was. Yes. Me. Okay. All right. All right. So I'll finish up then, like for round three. Um, I'm going to go with a game that I actually don't love, but I think it's a very um, you know, you know, but you know, but I think it's a decent enough game. A decent enough game because it has a lot of uh, history and nostalgia with me, uh, like for separate reasons. Um, so I'm gonna pick. Uh, so I'm gonna pick uh, Soul Blazer, uh, Flight of the System, <laughs> which is the yeah, which is where I got my online name from. Uh, mostly not because I didn't, you know, you know, not because I love the game, but because you know the name to me is like very very cool. Like you, you know, you know, uh, cool I always like his name. So, but. Um, this is the this is the first of so this is the first of, this is the first of the so-called uh, Soul Blazer trilogy or Quintet trilogy because Quintet developed developed the games. Uh, Soul Blazer was a like, followed by Illusion of Gaia and Terra Magia, which only came out still to this day has only been released in Europe. Uh, they were talking about a release of the game, but I guess it's like rights issues or, or whatnot, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, so this yeah, so this is the first game of, of that series. Uh, this is a very fun Zeldish Zeldish type game where you're like controlling a person going around going around stages. The game has some very like cool ideas. You know, you're trying to like rebuild towns because all the to be all the souls of all the of all, of all living creatures in the the towns have, have been captured. So you're trying to so you go through dungeons, uh, fight enemies, and releasing releasing the souls. And the souls go back to town, and like one soul becomes a house, one soul becomes like a plant or a dog or whatnot or whatnot. And 
eventually go back to town and see a living, breathing, breathing city, see a living, breathing town again where once there was nothing. Um, you know, great music, uh, some like very like some um, some very fun uh, gameplay. It definitely, is a very fun. It, 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 like, it's a nice, fast-paced action uh, uh, action RPG type, type game. It suffers from several problems, which is why I don't love the game. Uh, but for what it is, it's a very decent, competent Zeldish to Zeldish game that I think gets overlooked, especially you know, especially these days. Um, Lucian Nagaya and Terra McGee of the sequels, I think, are better games, but still, this is like a still. To me, at least, it's still like a very, um, you know, fun, relatively short-ish, um, you know, like uh, um, uh, uh, action RPG game for the system. I think it's like you know, sixty-eight hours enough time to like beat the, to beat the game, uh, for sure. But yeah, so uh, yeah, so I'm gonna pick Soul Blazer. Have I been mispronouncing Terranigma wrong this entire time? No, I probably <laughs> said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the way you say yes. the way you say it sounds cooler, you know, just. So I kind of assume it's the right way, but yeah, it's a shame that game only came out in Europe. Uh, but uh, you know, like even nowadays, if you want to play, you have to like track down a ROM. Yeah, there's also but... a, a good um, NTSC conversion hack for it too. So if you want to play it in English but not at five sixths of the speed, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look for that then. Thanks. But, um... It's too fast. <laughs> 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 Refresh so is too glad. quick. My mind can't keep up. I'm so glad modern games and consoles no longer have to deal with that stupid 50. Uh, oh gosh, you know, 50 yeah. versus 60 uh, hurts hurts ratio like anymore. So yeah, but, thank God. Um, yeah. Greg, when you said this, uh, I, I, I'm assuming your editor will pick it up, but I was laughing to myself because I, I have written down on the top of my sheet: Will Soul Blazer be in his top three? And, uh, <laughs> and it is uh, my first. Um, interaction with Soul Blizzard even coming across it in fact it might even be my first interaction with Greg is when they did it on uh, Watch Out for Fireballs um, mm, yeah. and they said roughly the same thing you just did which is it starts off fantastic you get three quarters of the way into the game and then it just feels a little bit like a slog near the end um, and Illusions of Gaia is a better version of the same game or roughly the same game and I would agree with with everything they said and everything you said yeah it's just it's a very fun game but it drags it does drag a little bit unfortunately uh you know there was like um you know the fact you have to like you know the fact you have to slog through a dungeon instead of dungeon to dungeon for second time later on the game to get there to get back to the boss is not fun either but um the music in the game though is excellent i think the game is a very good soundtrack yeah it's very catchy um anybody else play this I have not, okay. unfortunately. Okay. No worries. Yeah, so, and Joe, I think you said before that you probably like agreed with Lutch. Uh, yeah, so I, I attempted this game uh, before I tackled the co-host um, job for the SNES because I knew this was a uh, game after Greg's namesake. And I figured, <laughs> okay, he's got to like this game, so I should at least have some knowledge of it or some opinion upon it. Um, and it is quite a slog. Um, whether it gets better, I don't know because I didn't give it that much of a chance in all honesty. And I had already told Greg that, um, like, so, you know, it's not for everybody. Um, and illusion of, of Gaia is a fantastic game. So there's yes, obviously yeah. something that was planted there. That was good. That, uh, continued on because, um, illusion of Gaia is fantastic. And I do have to play the third one at some point, but yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. Greg, was uh, is Illusion to Gaia on your list of eight you can't pick? 
No. Uh, no. Uh, no. Uh, um, Illusion Guy I've not played since it first came out, so I need to go back and revisit that game at some point. It, it's been a long time, so. Uh, okay, one last round, round four. Uh, Joe, get us going, please. Wow. Well, I have quite a few games that are left over. We can do an honorable mention, like a mention, uh, a mention wrap up at the end here. So, um, so again, I'm going to go obscure, um, and I'm going to choose um, the Indiana Jones Greatest Adventures. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. George, um, George and I covered that game a few years ago. It is not a fantastic platformer, but it is one that I discovered late, um, thanks to ROMs. And uh, I think it faithfully covers the trilogy. It does. And, yeah, yeah, there's some hit detection issues, and his jump is kind of wonky, and, you know, there's different things. But it's a LucasArts game, and that's really all I have to say, because if you love the Super Star Wars games... Uh, you're going to love this. It's the same sort of difficulty. Yes, there are some that are, you know, levels that are fantastic and easy and they just breeze on through, but there is a big difficulty curve in this game. And on top of that, the music is fantastic. It is. Um, so, yeah, I highly recommend it, and it is definitely my fourth pick. <laughs> you do hear, like, the Indiana Jones theme remixed about 30 times in the game, which gets... With, but it's oh, very well while, done. But, but it's well done, <laughs> yes. So um, I have, yeah. So I have more nostalgia for the point and click uh, Indiana Jones adventure games, mm. like um, you know, the, um, like the PC. But you know, this looks like a very, very good game, uh, like for sure. So uh, yeah, so good pick. Did anybody else play this? I have not. Okay. All right. Are we? I have also not. But hearing Joe say. Uh, it's a LucasArts game, and then stop, and then go. Oh, if you if you, if you enjoy Super Star Wars or Super Return of the Jedi, you're gonna love this. Nobody enjoys those games. They're incredibly <laughs> hard, Joe. Too, like there's a there's a steep learning curve. That's not a curve. That's a wall. <laughs> yeah, these games these games play similar to Star Wars, but not as quite as hard. So thank God for that. Oh, thank God. Yeah, because yeah. That... and there are people who like the Super Star Wars games. I'm just throwing that out. Oh, no, no, I know I there do, are. Yeah. I, yeah, I just find them inc- they are so difficult. In, in particular, I agree. Super Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I only played yes. a little bit of the first one, but I thought it was kind of cool. Like I don't remember that much about it, but I remember it being kind of interesting in a way I didn't expect. Yeah. yeah, I I never. I mean, I mentioned it when we covered the Super Star Wars games. Like, I cheated my butt off to be able to beat those games for the podcast. So, <laughs> and you know, I used to do the same thing when I discovered the ROMs, um, and I have no qualms, you know, saying that I did so. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, okay, uh, awesome, uh, good pick. Um, all right, so Ollie, uh, you're up next. Okay, so. Um... Just like Joe, and I'm assuming you, you were saying we're going to have a an honorable mention section. Mention, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do an honorable mention wrap up after um, this round. But. Perfect. Well, there's only one um, platformer that I think comes close to Super Metroid on the SNES, and maybe it's just because I really enjoy its aesthetics, and I know a lot of people don't, and it, it's it's my. It's maybe a little bit of a hipster's choice, and I, <laughs> I, I mentioned it earlier. I happen to have bought a copy of this for like ten bucks, and now it's a lot more expensive. But uh, and it's a, it's a rarer game. But Demon's Crest on the SNES Ooh. is 
unbelievably good. Like, just whatever you think it is, whatever level you think it's at, or how good you think it is, it's better. Like, it's it's legitimately that good. Hmm. Yeah, sorry, uh, Demon's Crest you said, right? Yes, Demon's Crest. Yeah, that was also an arcade game too originally, right? Yep. Really? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And the, uh, it's, it's just one of those things where when it was ported over, they just made it better. Like, there's just more things to do. It handles fantastically. Like, it, you, with the SNES controller in your hands, which is one of the, the four, maybe three best controllers ever made, it just works really well. Everything is so intuitive. I, it's There's no lag when you hit the jump button that you sometimes get on the SNES. This t- It just works, and it's a beautiful game to look at and a beautiful game to play. Like, it just... I keep going to say handles well like it's a driving game but just the movement <laughs> feels great the variety of enemies feels great the entire atmosphere to the game feels great the soundtrack is brilliant it's right and again and I know it's one of those things because way less people have played this if you get a chance and it was released I think on Switch so you can get a digital download of it or you should be able to get a digital download of it it's just a brilliant game. Have a go at it. Yes, it's if on you don't Switch, enjoy it, so. yeah. If you don't enjoy it, I mean, we just have completely different tastes in games. But it is fantastic. Demon's Crest, brilliant. So Demon, yes, yeah. So yes, I have, yes, I have played this game. Um, uh, just just a quick bit of context. This is related to the Ghost and Goblin series because you're playing because you're playing Firebrand, who's the like the Red Devil, like the, the um, like that yeah series. from Ghost and Goblins. Yep, yep, and this is the sequel to Gargoyle's Quest, uh, Gargoyle's Quest, and Gargoyle's, uh, Gargoyle's Quest Two, which came out on the Game Boy, uh, Game Boy, and, and, and NES respectively. This is a very hard game, but it's also like a very, very good game, I think, too. So, um, you know, if you want to get the uh, yes, if you want to get this, the true secret ending of this game, you really have to, you really have to, you really have to work at it because it's very hard to get. <laughs> there was a, um, a spiritual but, successor came out on yeah. the PlayStation. I think it was PlayStation 3, but I have it in the PlayStation 4 called Demon's Crown. And it's really, really good too. So I never heard of that game. Um, oh, yeah, okay. it's if, right. if you're into if you're into platformers, it's a real throwback platformer with just with amazing graphics and just it's it just plays really well. Uh, and again, it should be okay. cheap enough, like PlayStation Store, you should be able to pick it up with less. Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Definitely good pick. Joe, have you played this one? Uh, I have not. Okay. I've seen it, and it's definitely piqued my interest. The biggest uh, drawback for me is the fact that I've played Gargoyles Quest, and I didn't really enjoy it. Well, um, the game's different enough than Gargoyles Quest. That you, that, uh, I mean, that is, uh, I, I mean, I definitely recommend giving it a shot because it is on the Switch. Because you know, you can I, um, um, you seem like you know, so like at least you can pick it up and uh, you pick it up and try it like pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's definitely one of those that I'm definitely gonna have to check out, especially coming out of this podcast. It's, for it's sure. definitely way better than Gargoyles Quest. It, it it's almost it's one of those things where, even though it's not a jumping generation, it feels like a jumping generation. Gotcha. Yeah, and I like the Gargoyles Quest that games too. Also, so. Um, but anyway, uh, it, okay. But yeah, good pick. Um, has anybody else played this? Um, I have played a little bit of it. I'm very sad that I have not played it significantly because this is a game I would have loved to include on my list. It was 
mm. immediately very, very surprising how good it was. But when I started, it was fairly recently, and I just didn't make time to play through it properly. So it's a good game. I think it holds up pretty well today. But it's very hard. Uh, you know, uh, um, you know, I, you know, I think it's a very challenging game. Not quite as hard as Ghosts and Goblins, but it's like. I mean, it's like a hard game. Oh gosh, sure. yeah. If it, so, if it was but... if it was more like Ghosts and Goblins, I don't think I would like it. I don't I don't think that game is bad, but it is a very particular kind of hard that I don't gel with. I think. Um, speaking about that, uh, why I think it's very hard. Uh, Super Ghosts and Ghosts for, the, for like Super NES is also like a very good game. I think as well too. So um, you know, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised nobody actually picked that game to be honest, but. Um, okay, thanks. Uh, Nicholas, you're up next. Okay, so, um, I also have a somewhat Dark Horse pick. Um, I'm a bit surprised no one has already said the first entry in this series. I'm gonna go with Mega Man X3, in particular. Mm. Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah, um, now, granted, this is one I've not played in quite a long time. I didn't really get into... Mega Man X or Mega Man in general until the early 2010s. I, but, you know, I started playing the Mega Man X games, not through the SNES, admittedly, but I played the collection that was on the PS2 that had the first six games, right? Mm-hmm. And Yeah, and the collection last time they released again too recently. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and Mega Man X3 in particular, that one, it's based off the PlayStation and Saturn port and not the SNES version, but, you know, more or less the same thing. Higher quality soundtrack. It's got little. It's got cute little anime introductions for all the Mavericks. But um, I just remember that one having like especially elaborate level design and bosses in a way that I really liked compared to the first two. I love Mega Man X and I love Mega Man X two, but X three just felt like X three felt like because I only played through the first four Mega Man X games. X three felt like a sweet spot of like making things more and more complicated in terms of, like, collectibles and moves and level design and the like, that I still felt compelled to, you know, 100% complete it. Whereas, like, uh, X4 was kind of when it leaned a little bit into territory where that was the first one where I didn't bother 100%ing it. I just beat it and left it at that because it got to be too much. But X3 felt like a nice sweet spot. In fact, uh, uh, as much as I endeavored to do uh, homework for these kind of podcasts to refresh myself... The only one I replayed at all was uh, yesterday I picked up uh, X3 and I played through a few levels just to refresh myself on what it's like. And it's still pretty good. I feel like it uses the verticality of your wall jump and the and the um, slope movement of your dash a little more intricately than the previous games does. And, of course, the first two games are fantastic as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. This is a very good pick. Uh, I, um, you know, I have more experience in history with, with the with history of the regular Mega Man series as opposed to the X series, but uh, the series. But I do remember, but I do remember playing this game. I do remember the X games being like very good as well too. I think they, I think they, um, I, I think they eventually made six games. Uh, 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 you know, like in the X franchise. Uh, eight. Yeah, I think it's right. Eight, eight mainline ones. Was it eight? Yeah, really? two of them were on the PS2. Um, okay. Very, very, very controversial titles, especially that seventh one. <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, and these games are available. They are available on modern systems and modern systems as well too. Like I recently released collections yeah. as well. So, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, a uh, good pick. Um, Joe, have you played this? Oh boy, have I played this? <laughs> Megman and I uh, have a very strange relationship because they're hard. 
They're hard. Um, <laughs> they're hard. And if anybody knows me and I like to cheat, um, <laughs> hard really doesn't always work for me. Uh, so, <laughs> um, using Game Genie or you know, um, what what's the uh, the action replay? Um, yes, yeah, I've yeah. I've played these and I've enjoyed them. Um, but the fact that Mega Man 10 is the only one I've legit beat because it has an easy mode <laughs> should give you an idea of uh, how much I love Mega Man. Um, and it, it's it's not, you know, anything other than the difficulty. I just, I, I'm horrible at games, what can I say? Um, Mega Man 11 but, also had to change, change the difficulty too, right? I think we... Yeah, but that. Mega Man 11 introduced so many new mechanics like a gravity mechanic and whatever else that like that game yeah i'm still playing through that and i'm cheating my butt off in that too so. <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough um okay so anybody else i well okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, this is another one of those uh those little confessions that gamers especially because i'm the same age as you joe um so uh i've never played a Mega Man game um, never once, not, not even for a second have I played a Mega Man game. Uh, for a long time, I thought Mega Man and Bomberman were the same guy. Um, apparently, they're not. Uh, one thing I would say is because I was a, a Mega Drive kid um, and I get again got the Mega Drive late in its cycle. The oh, I, I think the only Mega Man game on the Mega Drive was called The Wily Wars. Yes, which is actually mm-hmm. very good. Um, you know, it's a very like good remaking the first three games. Yeah, so it came. I remember that coming out, and I'm assuming you guys do the same thing as us. But Wiley looks a lot like Willy, and as a little <laughs> kid, uh, myself and my friends just used to take the mick out of each other. Like, oh, you'll be going over and buying that game, the Willy Wars. You're like, oh, this little bit. And then because of that, it just <laughs> it just got into my head to now ne- like just associate Mega Man with that. And so I never, I never got around to playing it. I've never owned one. Um, I know that like there's a collection now available. Um, every time I go onto the PlayStation Store, they're like, because you bought the Contra collection, you'll want to buy this. <laughs> and it's always there. And I'm thinking, there's like 21 games in this. Why wouldn't I pay 15 bucks for it or whatever? Like, so yeah, there's two collections. There's the there's the regular Mega Man collection and a collection like also the Mega Man X collection. So. And what is the difference uh, between regular Mega Man and Mega Man X? Ah, that's kind of hard to explain. Nicholas, do you want to like yeah, okay. to so, take a shot at this? Okay, sure. Uh, basically, Mega Man is divided into sub-series that are kind of divided by both finer mechanics and story elements. Uh, Mega Man Classic is just kind of like the more simple, like, jump and shoot, you know, type game. It's got It's got the more, like, I guess, Astro Boy derivative story. It's kind of, you know kind of cutesy Mega Man X is kind of like a it is kind of like a both mechanical and narrative sequel where it takes place like hundreds of years in the future in kind of like a cyberpunk society and it's not I feel like saying it's edgy would be an overstatement but it is a little more self-serious and it has more of a serious sci-fi story and it has more movement mechanics you have a wall jump and a dash move which Mm -hmm. kind of makes combat a lot quicker overall and then after that, you have my personal favorite, which is Mega Man Zero. Now, those are the, the those are the crazy follow ups to Mega Man X on the Game Boy Advance, which are they are practically like 
character action games housed within the confines of a platformer. And they're absolutely crazy and probably the hardest games in the series, in my opinion. And Zero games are also available. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ba- uh, yeah basically, there's uh, there's the Mega Man Classic Collection, which is just yeah. the uh, 1 through 10. Uh, yeah, so it's 1 through 10. And then there's Mega Man X Collection, which is X1 through X8. And then there's Mega Man Zero ZX Collection, which is the four Zero games plus the ZX games, which were on the DS. And pretty soon, there's going to be a fourth collection. There's going to be a fourth collection. The Battle Network, yeah. Fourth collection. Yeah, Battle Network's coming out next year, so... Yeah. Um, and which is which is entirely which is entirely different spinoff like spinoff series like in of itself. It's like a real time tactics <laughs> RPG kind of thing, sort of. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. the best way to describe it. So, yeah. yep. Uh, but. Nicholas, you just mentioned Astro Boy. There is that Astro Boy's not a Mega Man game. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, just want to check because because then I I can still say I've never played a Mega Man game, but I have played the ever loving Astro hell, Boy. A Mega Man Astro Boy. Game Boy Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great game. <laughs> It's Mega Man is very, very, very obviously an Astro Boy derivative. Let's put it that way. Like it's you know, yeah. Where, oh yeah, an, an old man lost his uh, child and wanted to recreate his child as a little robot boy who can fight. And, you know, it's it's a similar yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. it, it, Omega Factor is just another GBA classic. Just yeah, great system. Yeah, but. I need to play more of that one. It, what I what I played is pretty fantastic. Treasure really knows how to make their arcade experiences. Oh, yeah, like, you know, like, Gradius V was an excellent game. Uh, oh, that was them, uh, too. Huh. My, yep, yep, probably my favorite in the series, so, but, uh, okay, uh, yeah, uh, that was, um, okay, so that was Nicholas's pick, right? So, mm-hmm. actually, like, you're up next. Okay, so, for this one, let me give a bit of backstory. I've mentioned before about my local barcade. It's called Abari, uh, or at least it was a few years ago. Now it's called Super Abari because it reopened after the pandemic in a new and revamped and exciting sort of way. But anyway, at Abari, uh, they host a monthly selfie pinball tournament. And I love me some pinball. Well, there would be about five or six tables that would be set uh, to free play on Tuesday nights. So I would go and I would play pinball. And after I was, you know, had my fill of pinball, I would uh, take a seat at the bar, and they had a Super Nintendo. And one of the games I would play just to kind of relax, chill out, uh, enjoy the music, uh, enjoy a drink, was Tetris Attack. Tetris Attack was a lot of fun for me. Uh, it's, I, you know, I've said it before, I love puzzle games. I grew up playing a lot of Tetris because um, I got a Game Boy for Christmas in 1991 and it came with the uh, Tetris pack-in. So, um, you know, love me some puzzles. <laughs> and uh, what, what I liked about Tetris Attack was it was just different enough from Tetris to give it a little bit of an edge. You know, you can explode things <laughs> at your opponent, uh, which is really fun. Um and so, you know, I just I just enjoyed it. It was a good time. Um, and uh, honestly, I would just kind of hang out at the bar and, like, close down a party playing Tetris Attack, which uh, I think is pretty cool, but your mileage may vary. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, great pick. Uh, I have played this game before in the past. You know, I, you know, I do agree. Uh, I do agree Tetris Attack's a fun game. It definitely um, adds a couple of new, like, new... T- um, the slight gimmicks it adds to Tetris formula, I think, is just enough to keep the game like fresh and interesting. So um, I, I, I don't think like they ever Tetris Tetris game, but it's a very, very good game for sure. So, so has anybody else uh, play this? 
You mean pet Tetris Attack or Tetris? Um, okay. <laughs> I, I played both. Um, Tetris Attack is a fantastic game. It does have a two-player version, and uh, it gets incredibly competitive. And well, it's been a while since I've played it, but did any of you guys play Tetris 99 um, when it was like the rage about two years ago? I yes. played, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played a bit of it on the Switch. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's fun. So the ability to mess around with your competitor was on Tetris Attack. So you could, like, if you if you clear the Tetris, you could then, you know, change. Or I can't remember exactly what it was. You could change the next block for your opponent. So if you got a Tetris and they were expecting to get like, you know, a hero block to come down, you can like get rid of it and give them like a really awkward um, square, which is the worst thing to get when you're playing Tetris, no matter what anybody tells you. But um, yeah, so yeah, it, 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 Tetris Attack is a great game. It's in single player. It's one of the best versions of Tetris. And when you get to play with two people and mess around with each other, and it's again another one of those coach co or couch co op games where it's just more fun to play with somebody else in the room with you. So yeah, I, I think it's a great pick. I, I it never even occurred to me to put it on my list, but I myself and again my brothers spent a lot of time playing that game. Tetris is also a very fun game to watch, uh, like watch competition videos of too, because those people are insanely good. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing the skills they have. Joe, Nicholas, have you ever played this? I have not, unfortunately. Okay. I have not played this. I am so old school. Um, we have, I, yeah, yeah, we haven't covered, yeah, we have covered any, any Tetris games for this type of no, podcast yet. So, so we'll have to take care of that later on. Like, I, I had, obviously, Tetris for the NES, and I had it for my Game Boy, um, because who didn't? Um... Like, Nintendo literally was like, you want a Game Boy? You have to buy a Tetris. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, vanilla Tetris is all I know. Um, and that's what I loved about um, Tetris 99, getting back to what Ollie was talking about, um, is it was vanilla Tetris, but it was, for me, it was a new spin on the game, um, being able to play all those people at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was so much fun. Um, but... Yeah, I'm going to have to check this game out because um, we have to cover Tetris games anyways, and yes, I definitely yeah. need to at some point p play Tetris 2 as well, so might as well. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, def yeah, definitely for sure. So, uh, all right, so we'll, it's like so one last pick from me, uh, one thing's up of this. I also have a number of games here on my, uh, number of games here on my, on my list, on my list left, but left, but I'm also going to reach for a very obscure pick. Uh, and, and also, like and also like Tetris Attack, I'm going to reach for a game that's a more modern version of a classic, slightly classic game. Uh, I'm going to, so I'm going to pick Cubert Three, mm. which is the Super NES version of Cubert, basically, where where I'm assuming everybody knows what Cubert is. Uh, just like real quick, Cubert's a game where you just hop around, uh, hop around like on a triangle-shaped pyramid, trying to you're trying to you're trying to turn all spaces on the pyramid to the same color to move on to the next one while avoiding obstacles and or enemies. It's a great arcade game, one of my favorite arcade games. Cubert Three of the Super NES is just basically a new spin on that formula because the because the stages in that game are different stages. They're uh, stages. They're all uh, the stages. They're they're all varietyed and mixed compared to the compared to how they were how original game. They're they're all just like one uh, like one map and that was it. So there's new power ups. There's new enemies. They had just they had just enough of the game 
to make it fresh again while still keeping that same old tried and true Cuba formula intact, which makes the game so good. And it's very and it's very underrated uh, for the uh, underrated the like video game these days. Some of the same people who worked in Cuba actually worked on this game too. So it definitely is like a labor of love. Uh, going on here, but yeah, Cuber Three is an awesome game uh, for sure. I think it's definitely um, definitely one of the best arcade-inspired games on the system for sure. Hmm. Um, and it, if anybody else has played this, I'd be very impressed. <laughs> I have not just never Cubert over here. Even yeah. heard of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I have right? Court. I'd yeah. never never heard of Cubert Three. Um, I assumed like the Atari Cubert was the I mean, I think there might have been one on the NES. There um, was, yeah. There was a very good yeah. port of Cuber on the NES by Ultra. So, so those uh, are the only ports yeah. that I had ever known. Um, I didn't know of a Cubert 2, never mind a Cubert 3. Yeah, that's, well, um, Cubert 2, they're counting... Well, yeah, Cubert 2 is technically, uh, um, um, technically a game called Cubert Cubes, which was an arcade follow-up to Cubert. So, okay. Uh, they're, so, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're doing that weird TMNT uh, numbering system thing yeah. with this. So... so this one goes back to the same thing with Tetris Attacks. Uh, I know Vanilla Cubert. Um, that's it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, like I, like I said, this is a very obscure game, but I love it. Uh, it's yeah. a very fun Cubert game for sure. So, um, yeah, if you like Cubert, it's definitely worth check, for checking out. But uh, I'm looking up, right. I'm looking up screenshots now, Greg. It looks fun. It is fun. Yeah, the stages are all very different. So um, yeah, I just queued up a bunch of reviews to check out on YouTube. And now I'm checking up Cubert Cubes as well. Yeah, <laughs> Cubert Cubes is a much harder arcade, um, um, arcade game. I, um, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't, don't care for it as much. But um, mm. the home versions of that were kind of limited because of the hardware that they came out in. Because Cubert and Cubert Cubes were the early, uh, you know, uh, were like early '80s games. So mm. uh, home systems really couldn't pull the game off very well, unfortunately, at the time period. So. Um, yeah, you know, I love Cuber so much that they actually released like a dedicated um, arcade one up, dedicated stand standalone cab for Cuber. It's like a, um, you know, I buy it because um, the controls are always a bit awkward with Cuber because Cuber because 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 there's that strange diagonal thing um, mm. with the joystick. So you, uh, like so you, like so you have to get used to that. So a home version, uh, uh, so that's arcade arcade cab version of this of this game that came out like I buy it in a heartbeat. I like that reason for sure. So. Uh, okay, that finishes the main four rounds. I want to thank everybody here for taking part of this. Uh, let's do. Let's wrap things up with an honorable mention. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, feel free. So feel free to shoot out some names uh, for games for games on your list that you did not pick. Uh, why don't we go ahead with Joe? Oh man, I have quite a few here. So um, Disney's Aladdin. Um, that game's just mm. beautiful, and Capcom did a fantastic job bringing that game over. Um, and it being different than the Virgin uh, made Genesis game version, for yeah, the yeah, Genesis, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, which of course is what I grew up with. So, wow! When I finally discovered the Super Nintendo version in the early two thousands, um, it blew my mind. It is still, um, yeah, it is still hotly debated to this day which version of the game's better. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you as a Genesis owner, it's the Super Nintendo version. Anyways, <laughs> um, Killer Instinct is the other. Um, mm, yeah. Anyone who listens to the podcast knows I'm a big fighting guy. So um, Killer Instinct uh, was one of those that, like, I think I peer pressured my neighbor into buying that game because <laughs> in the lead up to it, um, of course, I had been to the arcade numerous times and seen the arcade. Um, but, like, I, I 
remember like firmly like pushing like dude you're getting like killer instinct for like you know, the home <laughs> console when it comes out right um so there's that one uh wwf wrestlemania the arcade game again an arcane fighting game um fantastic and then uh the last one i'll mention is earthbound which um actually i'm gonna cheat i do have one more but um earthbound is an rpg that i've come to late and uh i can appreciate all the humor that is in that game um i think it plays fantastic um but i think if i had gotten it as a kid for the SNES, I don't think I would have the same love for it that I have now because I think a lot of that humor just kind of would have flown over me. Where, sure, yeah. Like, you know, here as an adult, like, I get all all the humor they put in there. Um, and then, my, I swear, this is my last pick, um, the Japanese-only release of Dragon Warrior, well, Dragon Quest 1 and 2, um, which has, is so good that that's what they've used to port over every future version of yes, those games. Yep. Um, and Greg knows I've recently played through the first. Um, I'm cur- currently stalled in my uh, playthrough of the second game. Um, but yeah, uh, like I, Dragon Warrior as a kid was like very confusing. Yeah. Final Fantasy was even more confusing. Um, but I understood a little bit more because I could actually see my characters and I could see the actions I was doing. Um, yeah, where it, so with the SNES remake and the improvements, the um, quality of life improvements, totally made in that sure, game, yeah, uh, it really made it more accessible and more enjoyable. And thank god, because I love Dragon Quest <laughs> and it's my favorite RPG series, I mean, Dragon, outside the yeah. Lunar series, yep, so yeah, yeah for sure, I agree. With- Yep, I agree with that. Dragon Quest Three also got ported to Super NES, which is also being, yes. which is the same version that's also being used, being used to this day. So, but um, yeah, good picks. Uh, Ollie, how about you? Um, yeah, I have a few. Uh, first one, uh, and for anyone who knows me, and if any of my friends happen to be listening to that, yeah, I'm actually surprised I didn't put this in my top four either. Uh, Act Razor, um, fantastic game. First, <laughs> awesome game. First time yep, I played yep. it, blew my mind. Didn't expect like. I know you guys have done an episode. I'm fairly certain you guys have done an episode on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, The twist or the change for the second half of that game. Did not see that coming. I don't think anybody who didn't read reviews or had it spoiled for them. And I had never had it spoiled for me. I literally just went in and went, the art style on this box is fantastic. So I went and picked (laughs) it up. And uh, yeah, what just, just a really well-made game that then just, as I said, blew my mind at the time. Um, Hmm. Next thing. Uh, yeah, the modern. Uh, I yeah. I was just sorry. I, I, I was just gonna say real quick. Uh, if you're not playing it, uh, uh, play play it. Act Riser. Uh, um, uh, like uh, uh, Renaissance. Also very good. Uh, it's a very like it's a very nice modern remake of the game. Oh, sweet. I haven't played it yet, so I will. I'll check it out. Um, the next one is just a fun pick. Is Pilot Wings, which is just a. It's a lot of fun. It's it's not. Pilot was on my list too. Great. Yeah, game. it's a great yeah. game. It's just brilliant to play it it works really well um there's something actually greg mentioned or sorry that uh joe mentioned earlier when i said like is there a bad version of castlevania and he said um <laughs> castlevania 64 and this is mildly controversial but um i think the only game that has 64 in the title that is better than the snes versions of that game 
is Pilot Wing 64. And uh, I know loads of people go, oh, what about Super Mario or Mario 64? Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad. It's a bad game to play. Um, but uh, uh, Wave Race 64. So I actually would say Star Fox. Like, I think Star Fox, uh, Star Fox was better in that system. Well, you're, Greg, how dare you? Shadow Run is a brilliant. If you're, oh yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, if you're into, good game. If you're into that at all, it's right for a game that's based on a tabletop RPG. You would never know playing Shadow Run, and it's just a great game. It's well played, and if you're somebody who, like myself, had played the Genesis version, it's a different game. It's they might as well be in completely different universes for all the, the yeah. relationship between them. So it's not particularly great on the Genesis. It is particularly great on the thing. Um, for a little bit of fun that you want to have with your friends, uh, NBA Jam is maybe the best sports mm. game on the system. Mm-hmm. It's just a ton of fun. And I, I, I'm looking fun, through yes, the list, yeah. everyone else's list. I'm looking at Ashley's. I'm like going, if Ashley wanted to throw a party, I would show up. And it's oh, just, yeah. they're just all fun totally games invited. to play with other people. And NBA Jam is in the same mold. It's just a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was going to put a racing game on, uh, and Mario Kart was the one I was going to go, but F-Zero on the SNES yeah. is yes, yeah. really, really good. You... The weird thing about F-Zero, like, as far as I can remember, it came out from, like, 1991, maybe even earlier, and you will not believe how fast that thing moves. Yes. Like, yeah. and yeah. for anybody who played um, F-Zero X or GX on the GameCube, like, you're used to playing with speed and seeing something move fast, but watching what they did on the SNES version of that is like, how did the system manage, especially early enough in the system's life? Right. How did they drag yeah. that out of it? And you feel every part of the speed. Like, at, there's times where you're traveling at 800, I'm going to say kilometers per hour, but let's say <laughs> miles per hour. And it feels like you're driving at 800 miles per hour. Uh, and then the last one I'll yeah. throw in is one Greg has already mentioned. It's another unbelievably good platformer and it's super castlevania 4 probably yes. the best of the castlevania games and agree yeah it's it's just a great game the music and the music in that game maybe maybe my best soundtrack period like is that good it's the but, best um, protagonist as well yeah 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 uh yeah f-zero f-zero at least north america was launched title i don't know if it's true in europe as well too but so 1990 you know, yes yep yeah, yeah, very early game, very impressive. Like such a um, uh, very early game. Pilot Wings too was also launched out here in the states. So Pilot Wings but, is yeah. such a fun game, guys. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. list. Agreed. Uh, Nicholas, how about you? Well, um, have a few honorable mentions here. I'm just going to try to mention some of the you know, spe- you know, interesting sounding ones. Uh, one that I played a bit as a kid but never finished. Which is why I didn't go on, on my up on my uh, main list was a claymates. Has anyone ever heard of that? Yes, I played it. Yeah, before. yeah no, I played that a quite a bit it. and thought it was interesting. Like yeah. a weird, like I guess it's kind of like Kirby in terms of you know you play like a little blob that can transform into things, right? But hmm. like yes, I don't yeah, remember yeah. that much of the finer details about how good the game was, etc. But I remember really liking it. I think it didn't have a save feature, and because you know I was. My uh, my time limits of playing video games as a kid were very, 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 very restrictive. I never really got that far, but I remember liking it kind of bit. I think I can't. Remember, it was either 
a spin-off or a predecessor to I think because I think the same developer went on to make Clay Fighters afterward, if I'm not mistaken. They did, yeah. Yeah, sure. like yeah. which, you know, kind of a very weird pivot. Because they because they made like what, two or three Clay Fighters games, right? Between the SNES and the N sixty four, if I'm not mistaken. There was yeah, yeah, there was the regular Clay Fighters, there was also the special blockbuster 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 only version oh, of the goodness. game. And there's also the N sixty four version huh. of the game as well. Yeah, and uh another one, and this is this is don't take this as me saying it's a particularly amazing game. This is just a game I have fond memories of. Uh, Mario is missing for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> was I yes, this weird like, educational that. game that yeah. I like played a lot as a kid. Again, didn't finish it, but it, it it running around with Mario and riding Yoshi and stopping and stomping on Koopas really like hoodwinked me into playing this this awful propaganda about history or whatever and it was just <laughs> there are some there yeah there are some good educational games but you know heck i mean heck you know i'm gonna um you know i'm gonna uh i'm, I'm gonna be buying the gorgon trail for the switch so i mean like you know so and that's the game i play like i'm a young kid so some of the games do stick around yeah. but yeah if i yeah i guess the only other one i really want to mention is um zombies ate my neighbors which, which, game. which yes. was really yep. fun when I yep. had someone to play with, but I don't have anyone to play with right now, so I haven't really yep. gone back to it. Um, I I heard that it got a Switch version along with its lesser-known sequel that I don't know the name of, but I also hear yes. that it's apparently uh, a very poor port, sadly. Like, I, yeah, yeah, I'm not playing which, like, at the time that Joe which, and I like, you know, I'm, which, I mean, I'm crying, I'm sobbing my eyes out. How else will I ever play this game on one of my many devices? There's no other way. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> uh, yeah, good list. Uh, so is there anything else? Uh, sorry, Nicholas, flag that it. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry, I thought you were... Asking the floor, yeah, yes, that 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 is yeah. all in terms of honorable mentions. I feel Got like it. mentioning the rest are dishonorable. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a whole different episode. <laughs> so I actually did have Mystic Quest here on my list uh, because, uh, um, because, like you know, I think it it, it is like like it is a kitty RPG, but it was designed to be a kitty RPG, and for that purpose, I think Square succeeded. You know, I think it's a very Decently put together, competent RPG. The music, the music in the game is great. So I actually have a lot of affection for Mystic Quest. Um, Sim City was an excellent port to Super NES uh, from its original computer version. Like excellent game. So like I said, I will mention Chrono Trigger. Um, you know, I think the Chrono Trigger <laughs> was, was probably like one of the best games, uh, the best games like the system. Uh, and I'm also going to mention a obscure, an obscure early action RPG game to the system by like called Lagoon. Uh, which plays also very much like Zelda, uh, with like going around the world, fighting enemies and bosses, and going to dungeons, dungeons and whatnot. It's a very, um, it's a very unknown game these days. But you know, it's very, but you know, I've always liked it. It's like, it has a great soundtrack. So, um, you know, those, like, like those have been my, uh, so like those have been my honorable mentions. Um, so, uh, Ashley, how about your list? Okay, so. Um... The only reason this one didn't make my regular lineup uh, was because I've only played it on the Game Boy, and that is Yoshi's Cookie. Yes, uh, mm. I you know I went game. you know I went back and listened to the uh, the uh, original draft episode, and I probably haven't played Yoshi's Cookie in twenty plus years, and uh, I, some of the background music that was playing is like I know this song. 
Why do I know this song? And I could not figure it out. It was driving me mad. And so I had to Google, like, I think that's from Yoshi's Cookie. And so, you know, yes, it was the theme from Yoshi's Cookie. And that's been now stuck in my head for two days. Um, So Yoshi's Cookie. Uh, This one, uh, I put it on here because I have fond memories of playing it at a friend's house. Uh, One of my best friends, her older brother, had an SNES. And uh, he, uh, he was out one day while I was over. And so she and I snuck uh, into his room and played uh, Super Star Wars, uh, mm, which yeah. was a lot of fun. Uh, big Star Wars fan, have always been a big Star Wars fan. So love that. Uh, the other one that, again, this was a same, same situation. And, and riddle me this, guys, uh, you know. I, I want to see if there, if you guys did something like this too. If you ever played this game, um, Caesar's Palace, just a simple casino game. <laughs> Not on the Super NES, but I have played on the PC. Um, yeah. So yeah. So so when, if I remember correctly, because I, I I mean to be honest, I haven't played it since that uh, fateful afternoon when I was about ten or eleven at my friend's house. <laughs> uh, but you could change like the names of the people that were with you. Is that, yes. Okay. Yep. Oh, yep. I'm pretty sure 10-year-old Ashley put Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Um, <laughs> 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 because, you know, definitely had a big crush on him. So, obviously, I'm going to the casino with JTT. Um, <laughs> and I forget who my friend put in, but it was it was fun. And, and so, that one sticks in my brain just because I had a lot of fun playing it with my buddy and... Uh, and, uh, you know, us, us being silly 10-year-old girls, it's like, obviously, we're going to play this casino game and we're going to go to the casino with JTT because that's how we roll. Yeah, we haven't covered any casino games like the podcast yet, but we will, um, you know, on the, the sooner or later for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so good list. Was there anything else, Ashley? Uh, nope, that will, uh, that will complete All my right. list. Awesome. Well, I... Uh, well, uh, well, I want to thank uh, Ollie, uh, Nicholas, and, and Ashley for taking time out of the busy days to join us here, in this, uh, join us here on, uh, on this very special draft episode of the, of the podcast. Um, to wrap things up here, um, Ollie, why don't you, you have the floor for a couple minutes. Why don't you uh, feel, free, feel free to plug any projects, podcasts, uh, websites, whatever that you want to like plug that you want people to check out. Yeah, I, what, I, I'm going to add one more game to the list. Uh, this is a much maligned <laughs> game. Uh, but it's actually really good if you can get past a certain part. Um, the Lion King game on the SNES Ooh. is oh, nice. It's yeah. almost yeah, it's as good, good yeah. as yeah. the Aladdin yeah. game. It's not as good as the Aladdin game because the Aladdin game is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, but the SNES Lion King is actually really good too. But it's insanely hard around about level five. But if you can get past that, it's great. It's all gravy from there. Uh, so I, I don't really podcast as much as I used to. I used to do a ton of them. And just as my son has been getting older and... Um, things have been getting more complicated as life goes on I don't do as much so my main podcast at the minute is called Judging Book Covers where myself and a couple of American friends of mine uh, we talk about books that get released and um, basically they make fun of me for coming from a different country for them and not understanding 70% of the references (laughs) it's a lot of fun Um, and then recently I got asked to do um, a spot on a I'm going to call it D&D podcast but it's not really because they use a different system. But I'm, I'm not really a big tabletop guy. So if I sound like I'm not sure what I'm talking about, it's because I don't. Um, <laughs> but it's called Once Upon a Monster of the Week. 
that's it. That's the game system to use. Monster of the week. There we go. And uh, and it's set in modern day, and it's like a whole interconnected series of stories. So once upon Monster of the Week is what it's called. They needed to have a cop from Boston. So the lady who runs it was like, well, "Who do we know who's got an Irish accent?" And they're like, "Oh, Ollie." Now I I sound like this. This is my I can't do a Boston accent. So apparently. Apparently, I sound enough like bloody Matt Damon and Ben Affleck for you guys, but but this is what I sound like when I'm on that podcast. But it is an absolute ton of fun because it's just all nice people like playing like a cozy mystery game which has like vampires and stuff in it. So once upon a monster of the week or judging book covers, listen to either of them. Oh, and uh, the best non-video game podcast is called Media Evil. Um, I used to be the host of that, but like, now I just help to edit it when when sarah can't but sarah is a medieval historian and she watches movies set in the medieval period and then she tells you what to get right and what to get wrong and then every now and then i come along and go yeah but he stabs this guy in the face so who cares if he gets the other stuff wrong because you know he stabs the guy in the face so yeah um and any of those podcasts you'll find me awesome yeah uh all right awesome sounds good yeah so uh, you know, I will collect links from you guys later on to drop them into this episode, like when it goes live. Um, uh, Nicholas, how about you? All right. Um, well, as as mentioned earlier, you probably know me as a stylish moonborn in some places. Um, that's stylish with three S's and moonborn ending with an E. Um, I my primary work nowadays is I have a YouTube channel where I uh, produce these kind of like high effort, unedited, commentated long plays of mostly uh, action games. So where I kind of go through the game at the highest difficulty and explain how the game works and kind of act as maybe like an encouragement tool for people who want to play but feel like they can't. So if you want to see me play, you know, something like Bayonetta or Metal Gear Rising, you can go to that channel and see, you know, just anywhere between five and seven hours per long play each of me just kind of going through these games and talking them through. Um, in fact, I believe about a day or so after this goes live, uh, you can see a Bayonetta 2 long play that is going up. Um, and, of course, if you go to the YouTube channel, just youtube.com slash stylishmoonborn, you can see links to other content I make as well. Awesome. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, last but not least, Ashley. All right. So uh, I'm shaking it up a little bit because I am not a video game podcaster. <laughs> uh, but I do uh, do a lot of podcasts. <clears throat> and I'm also... Uh, so. Um, when I'm not podcasting, uh, my day job is I am a freelance writer. So a um, few different places you can connect with me. Uh, you can hit me up on the tweets until it implodes at The Nerdy Blogger. Uh, you can like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Nerdy Blogger. You can read my words on my blog, nerdyblogging.wordpress.com. You can also read my words on fangirlish.com, where I write about film and television. Right now, mostly Star Trek. Uh, you can hear my words being read on the Sci-Fi 5 podcast, which is five minutes of science fiction history, five days a week. It's actually a podcast put out by Roddenberry, which are the Star Trek people. And uh, if you want to hear my gentle Appalachian lilt a little more, you can join me on the We Made This Podcast Network, where I am uh, a uh, one half of a Marvel podcast that's called Podcast-616. Uh and, uh, Ollie, I kind of have the, um, reverse experience with you. I podcast with a bunch of Brits. And so I'm the one that talks funny. 
Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I get to learn lots of uh, British expressions that I, I, I didn't learn before either. So, uh, But uh, you can hear me mostly on Podcast 616. I am also uh, one of four rotating hosts on We Are Starfleet. Uh, which is a Star Trek podcast on the We Made This Podcast Network. I also show up occasionally in uh, other guest spots on that on that network. So um, if you're into science fiction, if you're into film, um, music, video games, uh, there are there is a podcast for you. So um, I think I, that is all uh, all of my my places. <laughs> I'm a busy gal. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> real, for real. I got my I got my hands in a lot of pies. So. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, thank you. Um, so, Joe, uh, um, uh, so how about you? Like, where can they find you at? Uh, well, like always, you can find me on Twitter at J-O-E-S-U-X-3-0. I also encourage you to check out the Radical Retro Roundup, which has come back and now has two episodes uh, that might be published by the time this episode comes out. Um also, the uh, Twitter for that uh, podcast is at Retro uh, Retro Roundup. Yeah, Retro underscore Roundup. Uh, sorry, like I tried to get Radical Retro Roundup, and they were like, "Nope, that's too long. Make it shorter." Uh, so yeah, trying to get the whole idea into a tiny little thing. Um, other than that, uh, you can catch me every week here on the SNES podcast. Well, like every other week. Every other week, whatever. Yeah. Whenever we record. Close enough, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so yeah, so, uh, yep, yeah, uh, so I'll just, uh, um, I, I, so I'll just do the usual podcast, uh, podcast, any uh, stuff here. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can also feel free to send me an email directly if you want to at the SNES podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, we recently, we recently have moved hosts. We're now over at Pinecast. Uh, so you can find the podcast on pinecast.com, uh, these days. The Lipson page will be up until the end of the month, November 2022, before I shut it down. So uh, RSS links should have automatically carried over. If they have not, please make sure to change over to links to find our, to find our new stuff on, on Pinecast these days. Uh, and we are a proud member of GeekAid.com. We can find a whole bunch of other uh, podca- uh, podcast stuff, both gaming and non-gaming related. Um, Joe and I completely dropped the ball as far as picking a game for next time. So uh, we will have to discuss that, uh, discuss that later on ourselves. And... Well, um, so, uh, like I said, we do not know what we're going to be uh, coming to you at next time, but um, thank you again to all those listeners out there for taking the time to listen to this, to this very long episode. Uh, appreciate you all your support. Uh, we, de- we definitely kind of have done two episodes, episodes like about all of you guys out there helping us and supporting us like along the way. So, um, uh, thank you, Joe, as always, for being like a regular, dependable coach with me. Uh, and many thanks to Ollie, Nicholas, and, and Ashley for taking time to, to, taking time out of your busy day to come and join and to get a podcast with us for a few hours. Yes, thank uh, you. Thank very you much, for the very much, very, very much appreciate it, and hopefully we can have you back uh, later on for another episode. Um, hopefully we can have all of you guys back later on for another episode. Yeah, yeah like that. thank you. Yeah, thank all you right. so much. All right, thank you again, everybody, for listening to, to the podcast. Uh, stay safe, be well there, and we'll catch you all again uh, next time. Later, all. Bye. 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 Nintendo controls 80% of the video market, but no matter how you play the game or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep of power.